Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome, everyone, to the Islanders and Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me here, as always, is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame in his game because he is always the same. That's me. Ah, Grumpy, how are you doing this Wednesday evening? Good. Okay. Right. You Do you not do you not have your microphone hooked up? Because I know it's not. Can you <laughs> That Can you not hear me? Uh, yeah, it's just I hear when you put your hands down. Just hook up your mic. Just switch the audio to your mic. Um, yeah, no, you got to switch your mic. Anyway, um, for those of you who are new to the show, this is a twice-a-week Islanders podcast. It happens every Wednesday and every Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, if the Islanders play a game live, then we cover the game as long as it's not on a Thursday or a Sunday. The only reasons we do not cover games on Thursdays and Sundays is because we have a second podcast called TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. Now, that is a general sports podcast where we just talk all things sports, have a good time, and shoot the shit. You can find the link to that in the description below or as a featured channel on our YouTube page. Uh, just like you'll see here is TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. If you're a first-time listener, too, we invite you and encourage you to do two things. If you enjoy this content, Make sure you leave a thumbs up and subscribe on YouTube. Also, like on Facebook and follow on Twitter, grumpy old man. But uh, Islanders lose an overtime battle against the Florida Panthers last night. Uh, three it was a three to two loss to the Florida Panthers in overtime, Grump. Yeah, they got beat by Alexander Barkov yesterday. Um, I thought Sorokin was fantastic. Another big, big night for him. Uh, he was able to keep us in the game. Uh, but it wasn't enough. And honestly, we didn't deserve to win. Uh, it, we stole a point, to be honest. So kind of is what it is at this stage of the game. Uh, I kind of put more of what I'm thinking about as the post-game interviews and just some things I heard, which just kind of frustrating right now. We'll speak a little more to that, Grumpy. What's frustrating? What, what, what's been bothering you with post-game interviews? Tell me a little more. During the live stream, I mentioned how, you know, how we mentioned, you know, it's kind of better if we don't win a whole lot of games down the stretch. Yes. And Matt, because, you know, all it's going to do is potentially hurt draft position, right? We're real close to a lot of teams, particularly in the West, where if we go on. Good. If we go on some type of run, uh, we could, you know, 
get higher in the standings that they are, which lowers our draft position. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're close. We don't have a lot of teams, I think, that we can drop below, uh, you know, albeit unless you lose the last six games in a row. I don't think there's many teams that can leapfrog us, maybe a team or two here or there. But, I mean, if the Islanders rattle off a point streak or a seven-game point streak to end the season and win five or six of the last few games, I mean, given we got really tough competition, so I don't think that's going to happen, you can leapfrog over a few teams that I think you're close to. Yeah, Winnipeg is the one where we could lose a spot to them. Right now we're penciled in as 13, um, and that's probably where we're going to wind up being as 13. But, you know, you never know. I just And then you listen to Matt Barzell. He looked deflated in postgame, which, you know, you kind of understand. Um, but then he said, you know, but we're kind of playing right now for next year. And to me, as I said during the podcast, this is a veteran group. You're not trying to prove anything for next year. I don't think the previous year carries over to the next year, particularly with a veteran group. If you were a young team with a whole bunch of young players, yes, you go on a run at the end. You can build off that. I don't think veterans can build off of what happens the last week and a half of the season. I just don't. I I don't really take much stock into it. I think they're just trying. When a guy's asked a question like that, you just find a way to answer it. I. I don't think they're bringing much stock in either grump the season's over. Right. And it's not like, Hey, if we play well, these last five games are really going to carry momentum in the next year. We're going to carry it all the way through May, June, July, August, September, and all the way through to October. It's not how that works. Um, especially if we're going to have to make major changes or changes in order to really spruce up our team this off season. That's not how it works. Um, and you're right, maybe for a young team, for young players, right, they can carry some momentum over into the offseason. They could carry momentum over, you know, into the regular season, et cetera, and preseason. But veterans really, you know, there's no – I don't think there's as much momentum to be carried because they're guys who should – they're professionals, right? It's not like, hey, a few wins here or there kind of teach me and, and kind of put me on the right path so I can really hone in my professionalism. No, the, the vets should all be professionals at this time period. There's not much more, you know, addition. It's not like, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna pound it and have a fantastic offseason at the, at, the, at the ripe age of 33 years old. It's not really how that works. Yeah, three-quarters of our team is over 30 next year. So it's like, you know, I, I just, when I hear that statement, it's like, okay, that's, um, you know, he, that's what they're being told to say, honestly. That's the way I look at it. Well, that's what coach is saying in the locker room, right? And it's easy when, oh, yeah, it's, that's what the coach says. Oh, yeah, we're, we're trying to work hard, get ready for next year. So it's not like, hey, you know, these games don't matter. <laughs> you don't want to be saying that in the press. Right. I, like I said, I'm just kind of looking at the bright spots uh, at the end of the year and trying to look at, how far away we are from teams that are in playoff positions right now. And I realize one season doesn't carry forward to the next, but when you look at teams like Carolina, Florida, the Rangers even, who I think will be tomorrow night, um, you know, Tampa, Washington, how do we play against them? They have something to play for. We really do not. But, I mean, we haven't given up. I mean, it was obvious last night we haven't given up. But how, how did we match up? I'll ask you this question, TJ. How did we match up? skill set wise with florida last night i don't think florida looked great we, we covered the game live I, I i think florida looked the dominant team i i'd find it hard pressed to have anybody else give me a different response than that i don't think florida looked all that sharp right they're on an 11 game winning streak 
I know they're carrying in, you know, good momentum into the playoffs, but in the same token, right, you don't want to rattle off a whole bunch of wins and get yourself into a lull because there are always ebbs and flows into the season. But, um, you know, I, I thought Florida looked a better team. They're a more talented team. Man, a man, do they make some real bad defensive mistakes? Think about how many opportunities we were gifted because of poor defensive mistakes on Florida's side. And I thought, you know, we got a few calls. People always say, oh, that call, that was a borderline, you know, it was a no-goal call. It should have been a goal, and that would have won us the game i think we got a lot of calls in our favor last night and there's no issue with it you know sometimes the calls go your way sometimes the calls don't which is why you don't catch us complaining and bitching and moaning about it but i thought we got some calls that went our way last night and i i really thought there for a stretch you know we had florida kind of on the ropes when we were up 2-1 kind of late in the third i didn't think they're going to come back and retaliate and score and they were able to do that even after that i can't remember his name got sent off uh for pitching a fit Uyghur. After Uyghur got sent. Oh, I mean, I'm trying to think. It was an inter- technically by the rule, it was interference, but man, oh man, that shit goes on all game long. That was a bad long. call. That was a bad call. I think to myself, how many cross checks does Big Z get away with? And and uh, speaking of, we'll speak about Big Z more later too. Um, but, you know, I, I really thought that we were going to be able to win that game, but we lose in overtime. Uh, when you look at the talent level, right, I think offensively Florida, and you look at movement, right, they're much quicker team than us. They're a much more offensively skilled team than our team is. I think they made a boatload of defensive mistakes. I think I would say Sorokin's a better goalie than Brabowski today. Absolutely. I think we've got the better goalie. I think we've got the better defense. I think their offense is just miles ahead of ours. We, our offense we, is trailing behind. We have a few better defensemen than they have. Uh, uh, their their whole their whole premise to their game is attack 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 all the time, and they have the forwards who can do that. And their defensemen are fully engaged. They make some mistakes. They absolutely do. I don't think they're going to win the Stanley Cup. I think they could be an early exit. Honestly, nor do um, I. I think it's a tough. I mean, if you can't play defense, you have. Here's the thing. If you've got really good offense, you can get away with a moderate to average defense. You can't be poor defensively though and when you score a shit ton of goals you got a lot of offense and a lot of speed you can win games like that in regular season but you have to at least be average to above average to win a cup defensively i think this is where you see where they miss joel quinville as their head coach andrew burnett i i don't i don't know what to think of him but it's pretty obvious they don't have a great i mean their goals against is pretty good and I guess that's because when you get up a whole bunch, you mean you know, their goal differential, right? Their goal differential. Well, they haven't given up a whole lot of goals either, though. I mean, you know, I mean, they have over three hundred goals, but their goal differential is, you know, mighty good. Their goal um, differential is a hundred. Their goals against this year is two twenty. Okay, the Islanders have given up two hundred and thirteen. So it's not like they're giving up a whole lot of goals, but they don't look buttoned up defensively. For, really quickly, for a team like you know, you talk about the Florida Panthers, right? They're a team that's number two or tied. I think they were number one or tied for first in the NHL as of last night. Teams that have allowed fewer goals than the Florida Panthers are Tampa Bay Lightning, the Boston Bruins, the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, the Rangers, the Penguins, the Islanders, and that's just an Eastern Conference. I mean, you look at the Western Conference, the Avalanche have also allowed fewer goals as well as the Flames. I'm just saying, you know. They're 10th in the league in goals against. I mean, but I don't – there's just stylistically when I watch them play, it seems like they give up a lot of chances. They've been in games that are like 9-7. I mean, they go down by a bunch, but, I mean, their firepower is unbelievable. Um, like I said, but it wouldn't surprise me if they were an early-round departure. I, 
I would pick Tampa Bay over them in a seven game series. I just would. I would at this, at this point. I would too. I, I don't disagree with you. I think Florida has got a lot of holes. And this is, and we'll say this here early off as well. The Islanders, now since our last podcast, are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs with their loss uh, on Sunday against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So we're going to ask, and we'll make sure we put out polls. I, I'm interested to hear who Islander fans will be pulling for this year in the playoffs. This is the first year now in the last, right? The last three years we've made the playoffs. This is the first year we haven't made the playoffs in quite some time. And I'm wondering, and, and you know, I, I'm trying to find who I'm going to be pulling for in this year's NHL playoffs. I'm not going to abstain and just not watch them. I'm just trying to find who, who do I need to root for in the playoffs? Actually, for me, I can guarantee you it won't be Toronto and the Rangers. Uh, probably not Boston or Washington. Um, you might see maybe a team from out West, maybe a Colorado with Devontae's. Maybe that's who people start rooting for. I don't know, but I think it's going to be, you'll be hard pressed to find uh, Islander fans rooting for anybody in our division. That's for certain. As about to say, I can promise you I'm not rooting for Pittsburgh. I don't mind Carolina. I wouldn't root against Carolina. I wouldn't I, either. I, I was about to say, I wouldn't, you, and I know you I wouldn't root against the lightning. I'm not a big fan, but I mean, like when you're witnessing something like that, I, I think the run they've been on is unbelievable. And you know, I, I don't think they're ever going to win 19 straight playoff series in a row. And they're not sure, sure as hell not winning four cups in a row. Okay. But, Can I just, they're 11 playoff series consecutive wins away from tying that record. Just to say they're not even halfway there yet. Well, that's why I said there's no way in hell they're going to do that. I was about to say it requires them to win two more cups and then go to the Stanley Cup Finals again. It's 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 not happening, uh, you know. So I, like people are like, oh, I don't want them to get close to the. Re it's it's never going to be replicated. It's never going to be duplicated. So I don't dislike the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think when we played them, I don't think they're overly dirty or chippy as all hell. You know, sometimes you get the playoffs, and maybe it's going to be one of those moments for me where one team does something really 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 chippy to another team and it kind of makes me pull for the team who got kind of screwed or hard done by that could be the case too yeah uh for me Edmonton like maybe said, why not even Edmonton Edmonton's been so bad for so long okay Edmonton has no shot so you know you can root for one round for Edmonton that'll probably be it <laughs> uh, but for me I'm just like I said um I I really don't know who I'm going to root for, but I know teams I'm not rooting for. Let me just put it to you that way. Not rooting for Toronto. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't mind Colorado. They're a really good team. Devon Taves, I enjoy watching him play. St. Louis is another team I enjoy watching. Two totally different styles, but, um, you know, styles kind of make a game. And so for me, you know, it just kind of is what it is. I'm not rooting for the Rangers. I'm not rooting for Toronto. Um I wouldn't, mind seeing Toronto win. I wouldn't mind seeing Toronto win one playoff series. It's kind of you know, I, a part of me just I want to put all those those fans, man, when they lose every single year, it's like they go ballistic. And last year when they lost to Montreal, what was it in game seven? They were going, I mean, they're having a meltdown on social media. I'm just like, oh, it's kind of funny to watch. It's like a, it's like a burning, it's like a burning train or like a burning building. What are they? What's a saying? Like like a train a, it's wreck. like a car accident. You can't look away. I was about to say, I couldn't look away. A train it's, wreck. A tra I don't know what they grumpy. Whatever you know what I mean. Everybody knows what I mean out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I'd like to see maybe Toronto win one playoff series. I mean, here's the thing, right? It depends on who they're playing. You know, if they're playing. <laughs> If they're going to be playing, you know, Tampa, or they're going to be when it's all in all likelihood looks like they're going to be facing off against Tampa. But I mean, think about how close. Think about how close the spots are between Tampa 
um, Tampa Bay and uh, and the Bruins, right? I mean, you're looking at really, really close, a razor-thin margin between who's going to be the three and who's going to be the wild card, the first wild card. I can tell you this much. I know Carolina slash the Rangers, whoever ends up winning our division, is going to be praying that Boston ends up as the wild card spot and they're not pulling Tampa in the first round. Well, they're probably going to get um, Washington in the first round. Isn't that how it works? I don't. I don't know how. So, that works. so, so how it works is that they, there are three teams from each division make it, and the two wild cards. So whoever is number one in the conference, which is going to be the Florida Panthers, they would play the number two wild card, and whoever's highest in the next division, which would be right now the Carolina Hurricanes slash the Rangers. Was the Hurricanes? I think based off of the gold gold differential or most games won in regulation. I can't remember how that tiebreaker works, but the Carolina Hurricanes I think are slightly above the Rangers. They would pull them number one wild card which would be the tampa bay lightning okay i thought it was oh i'm, if you, I'm have, sorry, if you have four teams from each division it's division against division no okay yeah so okay. They'll, they'll play i'm sorry it would be the tampa right now today it would be the boston bruins but it would be whoever is going to end up between the boston bruins and the lightning so that's how it works I'm, for me like i said you didn't really answer my question you, you played a politician and an, not answering my question it was not a even job. The question was to be honest my question was how do you think we match up going forward with a team like Florida? Because I thought we were thoroughly dominated in that game. I think thoroughly dominated. I think. Oh, here's it. I don't think. I, maybe we were dominated at spots. I don't think Florida looked all that on it when they played us. To be quite frank, I they think forty six. No many gaping holes. Florida's not a complete team, right? To win the playoff okay. series, it's whoever is the most complete team. We've got okay. no offense. They've got no defense. Okay, it's not that they don't have any defense. It's the style they play. For all their defensive deficiencies, they outshot us by like 16 shots. And how many we blocked. They dominated us yesterday. I don't know what game you were watching. That game wasn't close. We don't match up with Florida. We don't match, even though we beat Carolina, we don't match up with them. In a in a in a seven-game series, would you pick us to beat any of the teams that are ahead of us? And that's my I w- in a seven-game series, right? I wouldn't pick us to win. Here's the thing. We're not that good this year, so I'm not sure I'm picking us against any of those teams. I think we'd have a better chance to beat Florida than we would Carolina. I think we have a better I think we have no shot to beat either of those teams. I'm surprised you're saying we even have a shot. Did you listen to what I said? Because you kind of ran over it. I- I'll say it again. I think we would have a better chance to beat Florida than we'd have to beat Carolina. My point being is, right, I think they're both unbelievably talented offensive teams. I think Carolina is a more complete team than Florida is. And I know Florida's got a better record and all this. I just said, if I had to pick, right, are we saying, you know, who would we rather face if we, if we were somehow in a playoff scenario? I wouldn't want to play Carolina. I'd be more prone to say, yeah, I'd rather play Florida in a seven-game series than Carolina. I'm, I guess I'm, I don't think we have a shot to beat. I, I don't think we have a high probability to beat any of those teams. But here's here's the one thing I will say about the Islanders. Every year when they make it to the playoffs, they always over-exceed past my expectations. All three seasons we've made the playoffs under Barry Trotz and Lou Lamarillo. They have you would you would you would you deny that? I never booked them as going to back-to-back Eastern Conference Finals in the first year. I didn't have them doing much either. Okay, well, they, we swept Pittsburgh and then we got swept by Carolina. That's not over-exceeding anybody's expectations. We had 103 points. We were the second place. We were second uh, in the division that year. I didn't expect us. I didn't expect us to beat Pittsburgh. 
I didn't expect us to make it out of the first round. And, and and I didn't expect us to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals in both of those years, both of the last two years. I didn't expect that. They've overexcelled past my expectations last two last three years. I think we benefited uh last year because of who we had in our division. I think that was a benefit for us. Yes. And even the year before, we had to beat Washington and Philadelphia. I mean, you know, that's the only reason we went. Let's be honest. Philadelphia was a seven gamer. I don't remember how many it was for Washington. Was it six? I don't even remember. But the whole thing is, I'm just looking at it going forward. I, like I said, I like to look at the future because the present is miserable. The past doesn't matter. Who do you think realistically is a team that we could potentially knock out of a playoff spot for next year? The four teams in the uh, Central Division. Uh, or whatever, whatever. What's it called? What's Tampa Bay? The Atlantic. The Atlantic. The four teams in there. I mean, do they show like they're falling off a cliff anytime soon? No, I, I was about to say. I mean, Tampa is still strong. Uh, you know, Toronto is still a well put together team. You know, their playoff success is questionable at best. Florida, the Florida Panthers are a well put together team. The Boston Bruins, I know they've got a few players that are older, but it's crazy, right? Swayman steps up and old Mark. I mean, Swayman's done a great job in net for them, for the for the Boston Bruins. And he's a young, he's a young net minder too. So you think to yourself, oh yeah, as soon as soon as Tukarask is gone, Swayman steps up and he's one of those, you know, top tier goalies as well. I don't see either of those two teams really start starting to falter. And again, I see that. Maybe the Red Wings won't make it next year, but I'm telling you, they're going to make improvements this offseason. Stevie Y is not sitting on his hands, and I think the Red Wings end up with a better record than 70. I mean, they got 70 points right now. I think they end up with a record in the 90s next year. So that's another team that you're adding into the mix as a more challenging team that the Islanders will have to compete with for a wild card spot, perhaps. When you look at our division... Just to finish the statement here to, to answer Grump, the, the Carolina Hurricanes, I don't see them falling off the map. I see the Rangers taking possibly a step back next year. I don't think Shesterkin can play at the same level he did the year before. Defensively, they've struggled, but they've had unbelievable goaltending this year. The Vesna Trophy winner is on their team. I could see the Rangers taking a little bit of a step back. Um, I see the Penguins in the, in the Capitals. I mean, you could use the, oh, they're older. When are they going to start to fade? You can use the same exact line on our team. So I, the only team maybe I could see taking a little bit of a step back is the Rangers. But now you got new guys that are being added into the mix. So, uh, Yeah, for me, I'm just like, okay, who is it that we can beat out? The Rangers were the wild card. Every other team has been in the playoffs for how many years in a row now? Three. At least three, three four years, right? You're talking about the Rangers. They're the newcomers to the party. I don't think they're going to take a 25-point drop next year. I mean, and in the Atlantic division, all four teams are going to have over 100 points. And it's very possible that all four teams in the East, in the Metropolitan Division, are going to have over 100 points. I mean, even if they take a little bit of a step back, we'd have to take a quantum leap forward. And I just don't know if we're capable of it with, with this group of players right now. I just I just don't see it. Here, here, and here's the other thing, right? I think that I think the Flyers are going to be miserable next year. I don't, right? You look at the teams. How could you pick up points? I, I don't think the Flyers get much better next year, if at all. I think they're bad. I think. Is it weird to say you think the Devils might start 
I, I, I couldn't imagine them being as bad next year as they were this year. They had so many goalie issues. They had defensemen. I mean, Dougie Hamilton's missed a large portion of the year. A lot of those young guys they're drafting. I, like I'm looking at it, it's going to be a more competitive division. I think a more competitive conference because this this year, it's really been the haves and have-nots, and the Islanders are right on the top of the have-nots, as simple as it is. But when, when I look at it, right, I don't think that that will continue as a trend. I don't think it's going to be such a, oh, the, t- the team is so, you know, the teams are so top-loaded and everybody at the bottom is miserable. I just don't see that continuing long-term. Well, here's the difference about the teams that are below us. They're all younger teams. We're just going to get better. We're an older team. That's probably not going to get better than we are right now. Uh, that was I, I just I just feel that's that's a shame. I I mean it just kind of is what it is, and we need to make some drastic changes at the top. I, I still think again going on record, I think that is going to be a more competitive conference next year than it was this year, and I don't it, think that bodes well for us. <laughs> more competition isn't good for a team that's on the outside right now looking in. I mean, if Jersey gets better and is competing with us, we're we're not making the playoffs. Well, here's the thing. Better is subjective, right? Because right now they're looking at like 70 points. I'm not saying that, hey, they're pulling off 90 points next year, but if a team's sitting at 85 or 86 points, right, they've improved. Where are they picking up those wins from? I, you know, you figure that, hey, they've had so many – you could say the same thing about the Islanders when they struggled year after year after year. But, I mean, they've had so many high-quality picks, and you think to themselves, okay, those guys are starting to perform. Your Dawsons are starting to play. You've got players that are starting to perform, and you think to yourself, how does it look – when the Devils have an actual, I mean, because they missed Wedgwood's been out a long time period, and Bernier been out almost all year. Both of the goalies they had intended on going one A one B this year, both were out for the majority, if not almost all season. And so, you know, they can't possibly get worse next year, right? I mean, they lose PK Subban. Is that the end of the world for them? I would say not. So, you know, I look at certain teams that are below us, and I could see them picking up more points next year. Yeah, and we're just totally disregarding Columbus, of course. Columbus, I feel, I still think has a bit, a, a little ways to go. Okay, you realize they're just like four points below us in the standings. Like I said, so we've every time we've played Columbus, though, we've pretty much manhandled them. You look at the results, and we've dominated Columbus for the most part. No, uh, I think we lost a couple of games early, but we did beat them down the down the stretch. Yes, Blackwood, not Wedgwood. Thank you, Frank. I could I don't know why I've got Wedgwood on my head, but yes, Blackwood. Um, but you know, that's a team I could see picking up a little bit and playing better next season. I'm, I'm not saying they're taking a quantum leap forward either, but you know, I isn't Scott be a more competitive it's gonna be a more competitive conference and a more competitive division next year. I firmly believe that. Isn't Scott Wedgwood a golfer? I maybe I don't know where I'm where am well, I if he is maybe that's maybe that's why because you're thinking the Islanders are getting ready to go on golfing season so you're thinking Wedgwood <laughs> I'm just trying to bail you out a little bit that's all. oh thank you thank you <laughs> oh man oh man I tell you so you know I I think that I think the conference is going to be tougher I'll be very interested to see what we do this offseason now I saw reports that apparently Zidane Char is retiring at the end of the season good good yeah. Good. Great. And, and here's this is the way I look at it. And not just because I don't want him back. He should retire. I mean, he's, he's, not, the the play, he's not the player he was. And you know what? Uh, let's give him all the accolades he deserves. He's a Hall of Famer, without a doubt. 
Um, and kudos to him. I mean, like I said, he's been slow this year. He, he's been that the last three years, but maybe this is finally it. No contender is going to take a chance on him. And does he want to play out the string on a losing team? I don't think so. I hope not anyway. No, I, I'd say not as well. I mean, okay, I forgot Cole Sillinger was playing up there for Columbus this year already too. Yeah, he's, he's a rookie, isn't he? He's a rookie. He was drafted in the 2021 draft. I mean, like Kent Johnson's the guy I'm thinking of that I'm like, okay, that was the guy. You know what I mean? You talk about offensive acumen. I, you know, I know he was down there, I think, at Michigan this year. But, I mean, like, so maybe Columbus takes a little bit of a step forward. But, you know, you look at all the teams that are around us and you go, oof. I mean, they're not going to sit on our hands and do nothing this offseason. I know we have cap space, but what realistically are we going to do? And I get my hopes up every single offseason that we're going to do some something something crazy. We're going to make a huge stand. We're going to really make a lot of additions. We're going to be able to go ahead and you know, have a grandiose plan come to through nature. People say, oh, we've got the cap space now. Yeah, I, I understand that. But I look at how we've used the cap space in the past. It hasn't been very shrewd. It hasn't been fantastic. I think we will do something this offseason. If Green and Char retire, that's two left-handed defensemen we have to replace. If we de- if we decide to move Scott Mayfield for some type of haul, uh, that'll be three spots we need to fill. I'm not opposed to that, honestly. I just think that we need to start thinking rebuild. I I know it's the uh, you know the dirty word around here, but. Are we really going to be in competition for a playoff spot next year? I I just don't see it. And that, that's why I kind of brought up this whole little exercise is these teams are so far ahead of us that I'm like, I just I just don't see us catching them. I just don't in a full full 82 game season. We were able to stay up on top when the season was, you know, whatever, 68 games and then 54. Yeah. But over the full 82, I think you've seen what's kind of happened, right? Uh, the older legs just don't have it anymore. And like for me, it's like, okay, let's try to do that transition. I think we're a year late on it, but let's try to transition to the future now. What? Okay. I, you always bring it back to that. I, I, right. I do. I do. I, I don't, I don't get why you have to bring it back to that every fucking podcast. Because every, every I think, do you think this team's a playoff team next year? Well, we're going through exercises. I mean, Okay. Do you think this team is a playoff team next year? Hard to say. We don't even know what the hell they're going to do in the offseason. That's my point, Grumpy. They might there's get no a couple reason, of defensemen. There's, there's no reason for you to then jump to the next portion. All we're saying is, right, these are things we're thinking about. We don't need to be ham- – we have no okay. idea what we're okay. doing over the offseason. Okay. Let's say let's say realistically we're going to need two left-shot left defensemen, right? If those two guys retire, we're going to need two left-shot defensemen. Do you think Barry Trotz is going to play a Robin Sallow in that role? Robin Sallow is 25 years old. He'll be 25 next year. Okay. Do you think that Barry Trotz is going to play Robin Sallow in that role as an every night player? Couldn't tell you. Okay. So you're going to have to at least get one established top four left shot defenseman, right? Oh, oh, oh my God. I'm just asking, right? If you're losing Chara and Green to retirement, you're going to at least need to add two of those players, two left-shot defensemen. And if you want to be competitive, you're going to have to get a top-four guy, someone who's good, who's going to cost you some money. I mean, those are just facts. You do this all the time, Grumpy, all of the time. Okay, 
Andy Green and Zidane Chara play opposite freaking sides. That's they're both, they're both left. They're both, they're both left. No, no, you're wrong. They're both left shot defense. Oh, okay, I'm wrong. Well, here, here we go. Just, just to show you, Grumpy, that I'm not because you do this all the time and you always forget oh. you do it wrong. Here it is, Grump. No. Right? Hold no. on, hold on, hold on. When healthy, our right defenseman, not our our right defenseman. Okay, so never mind. I'm wrong. Um, yeah, because Andy Green usually slides over. Mayfield plays there. Here's the thing, right? A left, a left defenseman. You've got Aho. You've got Hutton. You have a guy who could eat a few minutes down there towards the bottom. I still think we're going to go after some sort of defenseman. I think we're going to trade for one. I. You look at the left defensemen that are out there. They're not bountiful. I, you know, in free agent market, at least. I think we're going to have to trade for one. And everybody likes to throw the hot name of Chickren around. So, you know, he's going to cost an arm and a leg if they want to do something like that. And, and all I have to say is this, Grumpy. It's really tough to be saying, oh, we're going to make the playoffs or not make the playoffs. You don't even know what the hell they're going to do this offseason. You have no earthly idea. For all we know, they could say we're parting ways with Oliver Wallstrom, the guy who's been healthy scratch down the stretch. We have no earthly idea what they're planning on doing this offseason. None. Okay. Based on what we've done, in the four years that Lou Lamarillo has been in charge, do you think we're going to make drastic changes to this roster this offseason? If there's one offseason to do it, it would be this offseason. I'd say based on history, the answer is no. Based on history, we've made the playoffs every single year. This is the first year we didn't, so I'm saying that maybe there's a little bit of a different outcome. Okay. We uh, haven't hit a lottery team once under Barry Trotz and Lou Lamarillo. This is our first year. I think if they're going to make you know moves, I think it's justified. They could justify it more in their head to make drastic or you know monumental changes this offseason than when they said, oh, we made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Let's blow it all up or let's make drastic changes. That's not the mentality that coaches and general managers have, right, wrong, or indifferent. Okay. Let's, let's just see. I, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I hope we do make changes because they're desperately needed to refresh this roster. I think they're going to make changes. I don't like when you take it a step further. We have no idea what they're doing this offseason. Let's change. Let's change and switch gears here a little bit. And let's talk a little bit about Aturatu. So recent, uh, an article from The Athletic with Kevin Kurtz came out talking Ole Jokin and thinks that Aturatu is ready to compete for an NHL spot next year. Obviously, that gets people saying, oh, man, that's great. That's fantastic. Now, and again, I you got to take everything you hear with a grain of salt and everything you read with a grain of salt. Now, Kevin Kurtz said that Chris Promen's uh, statement on Aturatu was... Corey Promen. Sorry. Corey Promen's statement on him. And again, he's like the, the guru of the prospects for the athletic. Given at time periods, he rated our prospect pool very high when in reality we are, our prospect pool... He has not high. rated our prospect pool high. That's wrong. The first time he came and joined the athletic, he rated our prospect pool very high, grumpy old man. And he said that he had to make a revision. That was when Bodie Wild was young. Ruslan Ishikov was just drafted. He originally had our prospect pool very high, and he had to correct himself because it wasn't. That's when Dobson and Wallstrom were still down there, all those guys. I know, but he originally okay. had rated our prospect pool very high. And he, he hasn't had rated our prospect with- pool above 25 the last three years. When he first joined the athletic, which was what four years ago when the athletic came out, he said our prospect pool was very strong. And afterwards, he said, and this was still when he considered Dobson and Wallstrom prospects, he said, I overrated their prospect pool. 
All I'm saying is take everything you read with a grain of salt because it's just one person's opinion to another. I don't watch enough games out there in the Finnish Elite League in order to be able to tell you with definitive answers and, and, and definitive of how he looks out there on the ice. But when I do read this and I say, okay, you know, the report on him is there are two pool, pools of thought among NHL scouts on Atu Ratu. Some like the player um, and they see a skilled center who can uh, make plays and has a strong season versus men and sees a potential third-line center or a second-line winger in the NHL. Others are not so sold on the upside. They see a good work level, um, but so-so skating and not a ton of offensive ability. I think, and they think he's a bottom-six type player. Uh, Going into the draft, I heard more of the latter, speaking about him being, again, a guy who's a bottom six type player. But lately, I'm hearing more of the former, talking about how he could be a potential third line center and a second line winger. Yeah, I'm willing. I'm waiting to see what he's like when he plays a North American game. Well, when I when I read that, obviously, I think to myself, I'm like, holy shit. Am, am I have have I have I fallen criminally uh, criminal? Have I fallen? Have I fallen uh, victim of another criminal overestimation of what a prospect is? I see what he produced this year and I think, oh, fantastic. Atu Ratu is a guy who can be a legitimate top six guy. And I'm reading here from guys who, again, watch these players much more avidly than I do. We'll have to ask Will Scouching when we have one because he spoke very highly of Atu Ratu originally. So I'll have to ask Will when we have him on in the summer what exactly he thought of his year this this year for Atu Ratu, what he projects him as. But when I read third line center, second line second line winger, it's not what I was expecting the, <laughs> the estimation on a guy like that to be. Because he's our top prospect, right? There's no doubt about it. This guy, Atu Ratu, is our top prospect. And we see our top prospect being measured at third line center or second line left wing or second line wing. I go, oof. That's, but you know what? For a guy who's drafted in the second round, that's fine. Oh, for certain. But I mean, he's heralded as the guy. He's fantastic. He's but great. He, he's our top prospect. He is our top prospect because we have no prospects in our system. What did Barry Trotz in the same article say? How he pretty much threw everybody else in the forward group well, under the bus. He didn't. He didn't. He said it's he's he's an important prospect for us talking about Atu Ratu because there's not a lot of young guy in ter- young guys in terms of high end ability. Trotz told reporters on Tuesday before the Islanders Panthers game. Uh, there are some good prospects in different, but really that high end type of guy he seems to be the one name. So the high-end talent we have projects to be maybe a third-line center or a second-line winger. He's the only high-end guy we've got. Um, What does that say about Simon Holmstrom? Because I look at the guys drafted right after him, all playing in the NHL, your Philip Tomasinos, your Connor McMichaels, your Arthur Kaliev's, all putting up numbers in the NHL as a talented player, not a – Guy, he plays both, you know, he plays a solid two-way game. They look, those are high-end talent players. Is Barry all of a sudden saying that we need to go after high-end players? Because that's not what they've been doing under Lou Lamarillo and Barry Trotz in the past. They're more, we're more interested looking for grinders, two-way guys. High-end talent is what wins in the NHL. It just does. I hope that's what we do going forward. I think we desperately need high-end talent. I'm willing to sacrifice defensive acumen for somebody who shows a real positive offensive skill set going forward on this team. We desperately need that moving forward. I don't think that's a secret. 
So and we're and we're speaking to ourselves. What does it say for a guy like Simon Holmstrom? It breathes to me bottom six winger. <laughs> you know when we talk about high end prospect or a high end type of talent guy, you know if he's the only one, right? You're thinking, okay, maybe Simon Holmstrom projects to be a third line winger, fourth line, you know, third line guy, bottom six winger, guy who kills penalties. That's what we're looking at about a guy like Simon Holmstrom. Yeah. So you know, okay. Alexander Lundkrantz, same type guy. This it's what we draft. Oh, solid two-way players. Those are grinders. At some point in time, you need to shoot for the moon and go after a Matt Barzell type. You have to do it. Cannot trade away first-round draft picks. That's where all the high-end talent is. And that's why I disagree. I, I don't see any way we trade this year's first-round pick. No way. I I hope you're right. I hope you're right. That's like a nightmare, right? We've talked a lot about what Christmas morning is in certain scenarios, off-seasons, trade deadlines. The list goes on and on. My nightmare scenario is that we trade away a first-round pick this year for a guy like Jacob Chikrin and plus. that That's that's a nightmare scenario. And Jacob Chikrin, right, he's a young defenseman. I get it. But when you hear that, you know, our top prospect is a guy who projects to be second-line second winger, third-line center. A guy maybe like a Jean Gabriel Pajot. That's 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 our best prospect in the system. I mean, you need guys like Jean Gabriel Pajot, but maybe a guy of a Jean Gabriel Pajot type of ilk. Maybe he could do a little bit of everything. A fantastic third line center. He does it all. The, but that, the that, is, that's the best piece we've got. Yikes. You can't have a whole team of third line centers. You gotta have top line players to win. Yeah. And Barry tries to kill them by telling that they need to. Well, we'll talk about Oliver Wallstrom going forward as well. Let's let's talk about him now. What do you want to say about Oliver Wallstrom? Post up his post up his comment on Oliver Wallstrom. Oh, I know you have it from yesterday. It's not it's not like that. You want me to post it? I can read what he Go said. Go ahead, read it. That's uh, fine. Just just read it. Just read. He it. said the quote. Now this is a post game quote from Barry Trotz regarding Oliver Wallstrom. Now in the past, and I'd say still even current. Barry Trotz is very tough on the young guys. And young guys, generally speaking, they need a few things. It's very important for them to have confidence, and it's very important to feel like they're supported, and it's very important that they feel like, oh, I have a leash. I could try to play my game. I'm going to make mistakes because I'm young. I'm not acclimated to the NHL every game yet, but I they're going to allow me to grow. Right? Those, those items are very important for young players in their confidence. Confidence is key. But when Barry says this about Oliver Wallstrom, what do you think it does for his confidence? He says, there are times where you just have to understand that the systematic play has to trump your instincts. Ah, that almost sounds like the exact opposite of what Marty St. Louis said, that tweet that Barry, that Matt Barzal liked and had to unlike. Do you remember that one, Grumpy? Where I he said that. sometimes that systems get a little bit too heavy and overbearing and that it takes away the natural reads and progressions of players and sometimes it can affect really talented players. Do you remember when, you remember when Marty St. Louis said that Matt Barzal liked it and unliked it? I do. And how has Matt Barzell looked? Does he look like the same free-flowing player that he was early in his career? Or does he just look like... A grinder with a little flair. I, I mean, to me, that's what he looks like to me. A grinder with a little flair. And that's what Barry Trotz wants. Those teams don't win. I'm sorry. Individual talent can win you games and win you Stanley Cups. Systems don't win cups. Unless the team is so talented that...
that you can overcome that. I mean, you name any team that's won the cup in the last 20 years that didn't have great individual talent that won a cup. I can't think of any. Mm. I mean, that's kind of where we're at. And he just, again, it's the same thing. I'd say that really quickly. I'd say that St. Louis team that won didn't have unbelievable and undeniable. Tarasenko, O'Reilly. My gosh, they were really, really good. Tarasenko maybe is the one. Okay. O'Reilly? Ryan O'Reilly. Okay. Where do you put Ryan O'Reilly in a top 50 skate? Do you put him as a top do you put him as a top 25 skater in the NHL? Absolutely, I do. Really? Ryan He's O'Reilly. He's a winner. He's a, they had oh, they had they had Braden Schwartz on that team. Um, they had, let me tell you something. They were a really good team that years and years they would they just couldn't get over the top. You're listing a lot of players that are a really good. They're good players, not great, really good players, right? They're not above average players. They're not average players. They're not great players. They're not exceptional players, but they're good players. We're listing a lot of good players. I don't consider Braden Shen a guy who's like, oh, he's a top 25 guy in the league. For, on that St. Louis team, maybe Tarasenko's the one name I'd throw up there. But it's not like you look at your teams like your Pittsburghs where it's like, oh, Sidney Crosby, Malkin. Or you look at your your chances when you look at your 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 Washington Capitals. Oh, this is a guy like Nicholas Backstrom. Oh, here here's Alexander Ovechkin. It's not like that. Oh, here's your Steven Stamkos. Oh, here's your Victor Hedman. Here's your Andre Vasilevsky. It's not. It wasn't like that. It's not like that. Yeah, but that's the last you. team I could think maybe is a situation. And again, that had a lot to do with they found an unbelievably hot goalie who played the best year he'll ever have in his career for the one year he was there, or for the yeah. one year that they won the cup. And a new coach turned him around. But yeah. here's the thing: St. Louis was a really, really good team, always on the cusp, couldn't get it done in the playoffs, but were winning divisions, coming second in divisions. They were ranked very highly and got knocked off. Every single year. They had the talent. They were extremely talented, but until Barubi came in and steered them in the right direction, they underachieved mm. because they couldn't get past the second, first or second round of the playoffs. But they had talent on that team. He may be, uh, like I said, he's a lunch pail coach, but they were scoring. It's not like they were winning every game one nothing. But you talked about having to have you know undeniable talent. I would say that they had a lot of good players on the team. right? There's nobody on that team where I think – and maybe the exception of Tarasenko, there's nobody that goes down that team. You say, oh, he was one of the really great players during that era. Maybe Tarasenko, that's how I, that's why I say, right? You really, you really need a difference maker. You really need difference makers, right? Oh, when you look at decades, you go on that St. Louis team and you say, oh, maybe with the exception of Tarasenko, I think you can argue. You go, Ryan O'Reilly was one of the best during the 2020s. One of the best during the 2010s. I don't. Yeah. I'd take him on this team anytime. And I'm not, one not what I'm saying. I wouldn't one say that. Would, I'm not saying I wouldn't take him on a team. But you said what? Well, and again, I think it really helps when you have elite talent. It helps when you have a Hall of Fame guy on your team. For certain, it does. Do we have anyone like Ryan O'Reilly on this team? New. No. There you go. And even I mean, you talk about really good, talented player. You know, I I would even stress we don't have a guy like a Vladimir Tarasenko on this team. No. As long. As, you know, we're not a team that has Hall of Fame caliber players on the team either. We do have an unbelievable goalie, but yes, the defense and a system that helps you stay close in games. But that's really what we've got. Our defense that keeps you close, good defending and good goaltending. But no one who can score. I mean, I, here's the thing. We've been in the bottom third of the league every single year in scoring under Barry Trotz and Lou Lamarillo. I mean, you have to be able to score to win in this league, hmm. period.
it's just the way it is. If you can't score, you're not going to win. And and just I want to play the clip of what Marty St. Louis said. This is a clip that Matt Barzal liked, then was forced to unlike right after game. I'll, I'll let I'll, I'll let you listen to that 40 second soundbite, and I'll lead, I'll read the clip from Barry Trotz in the post game. And again, Matt Barzal obviously likes this way of thinking and was asked to unlike the tweet, right? With his 400 likes on Twitter, it's not like he's liking everything that just exists in the ethos of Twitter. He liked it. Then somebody, Nicole Sherman, found it, posted it on Twitter, and the team had him unlike it afterwards. Again, unsubstantiated, but it was very odd and coincidental with the timing. You're not going to be able to sell me on anything else, but he does believe this. I firmly believe Matt Barzal believes this. Uh, playing with a little more instinct, uh, with ideas of how, how we want to be as a team. Um, now there is structure inside concepts, you know, systems, you can say structure when systems, you box players in into only certain things they can do. And, and, and I, that was probably one of the things that I hated the most as a player is play in a system where I, I was a great player when I was allowed to make reads because the best players make the best reads. But if you take the reads out of the equation, those best players become average. So I want to make sure that I allow my best players to make reads and I rather them make a bad one than not making a read at all. And sometimes in systems, there's not much reads. So that's what Marty St. Louis said. And this is what Barry Trotz said. There's times when you have to understand that the systematic play has to trump your instincts. Yeah. See, for me, can you catch the last little bit? Can we listen real quickly? Can we listen to the last 15 seconds of that grumpy? And I want to see maybe if you, if you're catching and picking up on a putting down the most as a player is play in a system where I, I was a great player when I was allowed to make reads because the best players make the best reads. But if you take the reads out of the equation, those best players become average. So I want to make sure that I allow my best players to make reads and I rather them. Just wanted to hear that part. Sometimes yeah. so, you allow your best players to become average. And here, what does it do when you have just average players, like is what the Islanders have, just average, just guys. Barry Trotz is able to get the most out of them just playing a system. Yep. But it hurts players like Matt Barzell, Oliver Wallstrom, talented, skilled players who, you know, they are creative. Well, Wallstrom's not creative, but but what it does is it takes away it takes away the thing that makes them special by making them play in the system. And people will say, well, hold on, hold on, Grumpy, hold on, TJ. Look at Alexander Ovechkin. His numbers were almost identical when Barry Trotz was there, after you left him before he, before he was there. Alexander Ovechkin is a Hall of Fame, first ballot Hall of Fame player, a generational talent. We don't have any of those on this team. So for you to use him as an outlier by saying one really, really skilled, talented player didn't get dragged down by the very systematic approach of the game uh, sorry, I'm going to need to see more apples to apples, not apples to oranges on comparisons on that. It took them five years to win a Stanley Cup. They were the president's trophy winners every year who get bounced out by Pittsburgh every year because their stars outperformed Washington's stars because Washington played system hockey. It didn't work. The last year it did. The last year, the only year, is when it worked. Washington didn't want Barry Trotz back as a coach. Why? He wouldn't play the young guys, and I think he alienated the veterans. You never hear Alexander Ovechkin, boop, 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 Barry Trotz. 
You don't hear him going up on the mountaintops to quote to say how, what a great coach Barry Trotz is. He's like, oh yeah, Barry Trotz is a good coach. But like I said, look at the talent they had in Washington. They were loaded with talent. It was never an issue of, uh, issue of talent. It took Barry Trotz five years to get them to the Stanley Cup Finals and win. Mm. I'm just saying, we're a team loaded with average talent. And I can see why Barry wants to play that style. Average and above average talent. Some We're players above are above average. average. Some players are above average. Some players are below average. I think you got some outliers, right? I think some players are above average. Some players are average. Brock Nelson is definitely an above average player in the NHL, no doubt in my mind. Okay. We're an average. Our team is an average talented team. I'm talking with a, overall. With a spectacular I'm, goalie and I'm, two and good defensemen. I'm talking overall. We are have average talent. That's why you put a system. That's why we've played much better in the regular season. It's also why we're able to. You mean the postseason? In the no, in the regular season. It's why in the postseason we're able to get through teams that aren't as dialed in. But once you play a team that is dialed in and has superior talent, you get you get beat. What do you mean by we're in much better in the regular season? I don't understand. We've had the, our best regular seasons in how many years under Barry Trotz with the same players who were there. When Doug Waite was coach, that's what I mean. They needed, but here's they needed more structure. It's brought out the best in Brock Nelson, Adam Pellick, guys like that. But overall, we're not talented enough to beat good teams. And your best, most talented players are now shackled with playing the system. Think about what Matt Barzell was his rookie year and even his second year. Barry kept benching him all the time, right? He wasn't playing enough system. All of a sudden now he's happy with how he's playing and he's putting up 45, 50 points a year. I mean, is that what you want from Matt Barzell? It's not what I want from him. I mean, he's a high-end talent. You let the high-end talent shine. When Matt Barzell is at his best, he's being instinctive and intuitive out there on the ice. He doesn't do that anymore or very, very infrequently. That's what Barry wants. So Barry's happy. Barry needs to go. You'd see dramatic improvement from Matt Barzell with a better coach. All right. With a more offensive coach, somebody who lets him be the player he can be. Mm. That said, you need more talent. That's what you need. Because we can't play run and gun with teams like Florida or Carolina. We can't play run and gun. I'm not saying you always have to play run and gun. But... I'm I just, I just, my my bigger point is, unless we get more talented, we're going to continue to play the system, and it's going to hurt Matt Barzell and obviously Oliver Wallstrom, who we won't even give a sniff to at the end of the year when the season's over. That kid should be playing all the time, fifteen minutes a night. There's no reason to shackle his minutes now. Here's the thing: we talk about confidence, and you talk about you know your belief and your abilities when you're a young player like that. I don't understand why, right? They they paired him up technically. They said, oh, they paired him up technically with Matt Barzal, which was the third line. And they played him like, oh, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 minutes a time on ice a night. And we get comments. Phil's fact saying he's got the most five-on-five time out there. He's got so much five-on-five time. Well, Oliver Wallstrom is a guy who's got an unbelievable shot and does well on the power play. We took all of his power play time away while he was playing with Matt Barzal. Why oh why was the guy with your bet? It's like why oh why does, does Oliver Wallstrom not shoot and shoot out until shooter number nine or seven? 
He's got one of your best shots out there. Just like Oliver Walsh, he's got a really good shot. Have him out there on the power play. We don't need Josh Bailey on the power play, guys. <laughs> taking Oliver Wallstrom off of our power play unit is like taking Alexander Ovechkin off of Washington's power play unit. It's not that you you complain. No, it is. I make you complain. Hold on, you complain when I make those crazy statements like that. When I make comparisons to other team. Oliver Wallstrom is not the uh, uh, he's not the Alexander Ovechkin to the Washington Capitals. He is our Alexander Ovechkin. He absolutely he's got the best shot on the team. He's the guy who should be in the trigger position, like Alexander Ovechkin is. That is his skill set. I understand his skill set, but he okay. The numbers don't support okay. you know best shot on the team. He, I think he does have the best shot on the team. The numbers don't support it yet, though. Okay, because he does on the power play. He was scoring. He was our leading power play goal scorer earlier in the year until you know he found his way to bench land because he was playing that spot. Barry took him off. That's on Barry. I'm sorry. I mean, he is. I'm not saying he's Alexander Ovechkin. He is. Our Alexander Ovechkin on the power play. Who else shoots the puck from that trigger spot? I think Brock Nelson does a hell of a job with his shots. Brock Nelson doesn't play on the trigger spot. He absolutely does. So to fit the Alexander Ovechkin of our team, not only he has got to play the same role as Alexander Ovechkin. I'm just saying, right, when I talk about production-wise, I'd say that Brock Nelson does have a good shot. Oh, you're wrong. Not as good. How am I? Hold on. How am I wrong by saying Brock Nelson has a good shot? How am I wrong by that? He does have a good shot. He doesn't have a one-timer. He's not, he's not a one-timer when guy. Did I, when did I say he's a great at one time? I just said well, then he can't Brock, play. Hold on. Hold on. I just said Brock Nelson has a good shot. You said you're wrong. You're wrong. Because you're not listening to what I'm actually freaking saying. Okay. The Alexander Ovechkin position is the one-timer. The rocket shot from the one time in the trigger position. That's not Brock Nelson. That is Oliver Wallstrom. That Brock Nelson doesn't even play that now. He doesn't even play that spot now. You have Matt Barzell on that side, and he doesn't shoot the puck. That's my point. He took Oliver Wallstrom out of the spot where he was succeeding, and it was a best fit for his skill set, and he took him off of there. That's on Barry. I'm sorry. Mm. He was leading the team in power play goals at the beginning of the year. I don't, dis- I don't disagree with those points. All I'm saying is for you to call him our team's Alexander Ovechkin, I think is a bit of a stretch. He, but that's what I'm saying is that's what he plays on this team. Okay, he I'm plays the saying- Alexander Ovechkin role. That doesn't mean he's our Alexander Ovechkin. I don't disagree, right? Ryan Pulak tried to play the Alexander Ovechkin and role. He, he can't he, do it. It went miserably for him. But it didn't go miserably for Oliver Wallstrom. And now the kid... First of all, even when he he was just totally bereft of power play time, totally just disappeared, and now well, he, he doesn't play any, at all. He didn't, get, he didn't get any power play time, and now he's a healthy scratch. I and and this is the way I look at it, right? Benching him for whatever reason, we don't need to see Matt Martin out on the ice the rest of this year. If you want to play Ross Johnson, great, have at it. We don't need Ross Johnson and Matt Martin on the ice at the same time on no. the same freaking line. Might I add, we don't need to see that. I like Ross Johnson. I think he's got heart. I don't. I think Matt Martin's finished. Matt Martin's cashed. We play him every single freaking night. Here's the other thing too. Now is the time to start letting these. Uh, what's what's wrong with just saying, "Hey, here you go, Grant Hunt. We want to see you play up here too." I, 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 why not? What do you have to lose at this point? 
Why not? Why not, Why not give uh, right? We saw Kiefer Bellos out there on the ice with Matt Barzal, Kiefer Bellos, and Zach Parise. Bellos made a few good plays. He had a few good moments. I know he gets a lot of hate from the Islanders community, thinking that oh, they had maybe expectations that were too high for a guy like Kiefer Bellos. But I thought he showed moments. Right? You talk about the goal that that Sebastian Ajo scored. It was based off of the pressure. I think that that, that Bellows, Bellows put on down, that Bellows put on down low. A great job by Sebastian Ajo keeping the puck in the zone. He's able to go ahead and give the pass off, get it, and then he rifles that top shelf. Yeah, Sebastian Ajo's defense might be lackluster. Is, is there any defenseman that ever has the ability or the threat, number one, to step into a shot like that in the offensive zone and to pick a spot like that? Scott Mayfield did it once or twice. When he does it, you go, wow, Mayfield! And we saw an unbelievable performance there by Sebastian Ajo on the offensive side of the puck. And Noah Dobson also has that ability. He doesn't, he doesn't hit him top shelf like that. And Mayfield, I think, does it more. He just rifles it, and he's like, holy shit, look what I found. Sebastian Ajo does that with a little bit more consistency. Sebastian Ajo, I think, from defense, he's got one of the best shots for a defenseman. Wrist shot, that is. Well, it, so at least, and I hope people agree with me. I've been saying this for months, that when it was pretty obvious, I don't care that we weren't mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, but you knew we weren't making it. We just weren't. You could tell that from halfway through the season. It was no shot. That's what they should have been doing all year. Why? to find out what young guys can contribute to the team going forward. That's all I care about. At this stage of the season, matter of fact, from halfway through, that's what I've been saying. And now everyone's on board with me because, once again, we are the curve here. Okay? You can see the writing on the wall. Now, what's the excuse for why the young guys aren't playing to see what they can do on the NHL roster? To show well, momentum? Bridgeport, Bridgeport Islanders. Bridgeport wants the playoffs. I got to make sure they're still, they got the season going on in the AHL before I make that statement. Give me a second. show momentum for next year? I'm sorry. The only way you show any momentum for next year is seeing the young guys produce at the NHL level. Not the veterans. It's nonsensical. The, the Bridgeport Islanders are in the playoffs, Grumpy. They're the best good. of three series against the Springfield Thunderbirds. Ooh, good for them. I can't remember the last time an Islanders affiliate and this dates back to, you know, before they were called the Bridgeport Islanders, back when they were Bridgeport Sound Tigers. I can't remember the last time they've won an AHL playoff series. I think it's been like close to two decades, maybe a decade. I know it's at least over one decade. Maybe it's only about 15 or 16 years. It's been a long time since our AHL team has won a playoff series. I'm going to say it's because of lack of talent more than anything else. We lack talent. It's not like the 80s when, you know, everybody that we drafted turned into a, you know, a linchpin of a Stanley cup team, hall of famers left, left to the left of you, to the right of you behind you in front of you. That's just not the way it is anymore. I mean, we've had talented teams, but you know, Barzell, Tavares, who else really, really a standout Dobson, maybe Sorokin, maybe. I wouldn't give Dobson it yet. I think he's on his way. Sorokin, I, I think, is there. Yeah, as, as I was say, I think Sorokin's already there. I think Sorokin, right? We talked with Phil, and I can't, I can't wait to talk to Phil. Here's the thing. I'd say Sorokin's more than top 10 in the NHL. He's top five goalie in the NHL already. He, I think he's probably going to be – he might be top three this year. He's not winning Vesna, but he might be in the running for it. I because think you, you can't argue him out of being top 10. I think maybe you can try to argue him not being top five, but I think he's a top five goalie in the NHL. Hard-pressed to find any excuse as to why you couldn't put him in the top five. He's absolutely, at the end of the year, he'll be top five in the Vezina Trophy. He will. 
no doubt in my mind. He doesn't have enough wins, and I wonder if that negatively will hurt him. I still think he'll be. And when you look at the the the, the tallies for top five goalie for the Vesna Trophy, he'll be in the top five, guaranteed. I hope so. He deserves it. He's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, think about it. He had a great game last night. He's great against Toronto. He's been great down the stretch. He's had an unbelievable second half of the season. And as the defense started to play better, and think about it, this is with Zidane Ochara and Andy Green playing every night in front of him. The defense has not been great because of Andy Green and Zidane Ochara. He's been phenomenal. He's He has single-handedly kept us in games. You can say... He's not. He's not play, that he's playing now because Varlamov's sick or whatever. I think it's because Barry knows finally he's realized he gives us the best chance of winning. That's what I think it really is. Why is Varlamov not playing at all? He had the sniffles a week ago and he's still not able to get into a game. It's because Ilya Sorokin is just too good to take out of the lineup right now. And, and here's here's the other thing I look at too. Sorokin should play. 55 to 60 regular season games next year. 55. 55. I'd be fine with 55. I'm just saying if there's injuries, right? Let's say if Varlamov gets hurt, I'd feel comfortable with him playing additional games over a stretch when Varlamov gets hurt. I'd be fine with him playing, you know, a two to one, a two to one sometimes, you know, two games to one every single time. Or, you know, ideally, right, you want him to play 60 some odd percent, but I'd be fine with him playing 67 or even 70% if he had to. Then again, then you ask your question. Do you need a $5 million backup if you got somebody playing 67% of your games? You don't need a $5 million backup then. You can move that backup, get yourself, get move Varlamov, get yourself a less expensive goalie. He's not going to play a whole lot anyway. He's not your number one. And and I just want to say this, depending on how things end the rest of the year, right? There's 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 six games left, I think, in the regular season, right, Grumpy? Um, five or six. I think there's six. Let me see here. Um, okay. Six, there are six, six games. There's six games left in regular season. Right now, Sorokin's played 49. He started in 49 games this year. So technically, if he plays the last six games, let's say Varlamov can't play, that's 55 games. So, you know, obviously, you don't want to have him a huge stretch where he's playing every single night. But I'm saying this is a guy, right? We talked about 55 to 60. If he plays 55 this year, right? What's to say? Okay, I'm not expecting you to play 55, and if worse, worse comes to worse, maybe 60. If you know all, you know all hell breaks loose, I'm fine with a guy doing that. He's he's unfreaking believable. He's been outstanding. He's kept us in games, just as you'd said. He has been phenomenal this year. He's taken a step forward in a big way. And uh, yeah, without a doubt, he's not. We we said it going into the season. He's your number one goalie. I know Barry's a slave to wanting Barlow to be the number one guy because he just likes the veterans. Just, you know, he just is what he is. But Sorokin's just so good now. Does anyone say that Barlow should even split time except for Phil's facts? I mean, no one is saying that. Not even Barry anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Now, you remember this last eight game stretch? Remember what I said? What would you consider a good record? And I thought three and five. Well, we're 0 and 2 so far. We're 0 1 and 1 so far. Uh, okay. I count you lose in overtime. It's a loss. What did I say? I said realistically, I expect us to go 3 4 and 1 the remaining last four games. Right now, okay. we're 0 1 and 1. I think so, the record may be worse than what I originally thought. Okay. I said 3 and 5. So they we'd have to go 3 and 3 down the stretch to have an acceptable record, which would be a losing record in the final eight games of the season. Think about that. 
Well, no, I didn't say it was acceptable. That's what I thought would happen. I think the expectations were, hey, I wanted us to go four, three, and one. I wanted us to come away with a winning record, right? Because we also played Buffalo in that stretch. But these are playoff caliber teams. Maybe some teams would kind of take their foot off the gas a little bit. Maybe we catch them at an odd night like that as they're looking forward to the playoffs. Well, hell, that's why we apparently struggled big time last year before the playoffs started and slinked our way from second in the division all the way to dead last in the division. But I'll be very interested to see how these last few games go. Yeah, I don't. I mean, how have we played against teams that are playoff teams? How do we play against Toronto? I thought we were dominated against Toronto. How do we? I thought. How do we play against Florida? We were dominated. We were dominated against Florida. Dominated. Okay. Dominated. Sure. Whatever you want to say. Okay. They had sixty-five shot attempts. We had thirty-four. That's oh, called getting dominated. We were outshot for what was it forty-two to twenty-eight. And we blocked a boatload of shots out front. Okay, that's what our team, when our team's playing our style, we are usually blocking a lot of shots because we force a lot of shots from the perimeter. Had, you get shots from the perimeter, they've got more of a chance of being blocked. They had, we had 26 shots and nine, they only blocked nine of our attempts. So we, we were dominated by Florida. You're the only one who thinks we were dominated by them. I just said we didn't play well. I don't think, okay. Dominate. I've seen us been dominating. I've seen us. I've seen us. We've been dominated plenty of times this year. Trust me. I've seen it all this year. This was not when we were utterly dominated, right? There have been games where we have been thoroughly dominated, throttled from start to finish. Looks like we shouldn't be sharing the same ice as these teams. Like when we got shut up by the Seattle crack and three nothing and couldn't register, but like 20 shots to their 40. And they look like they put on a clinic before they, you know, they were on the end of their road trip before the all-star break, right? That was dominated. I thought we looked okay. I, don't, I thought we looked the inferior team. I thought Florida had time periods where they looked much better than us. But Florida also made a lot of un, uh, unbelievably dumb mistakes that kept us in the game. So, you know, I don't think we looked great yesterday. That's why I'm going, eh, I've seen us dominated this year a lot of times. That wasn't dominated. It wasn't a good performance, but not dominated in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know what you'd call domination, but I call what we saw last night domination. I, I'm sorry. They just walked into our zone at will. Uh, I mean, like I said, they outshot us 46 to 26. I, I don't know what to tell you. And they were high danger chances too. They weren't all shots on the outside. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't know what game you were watching because I, the we same didn't have one is you grumpy. Yeah. Maybe you should start watching on a television or a tablet as opposed to a phone. Maybe then you'd learn what domination is, but what time is it TJ? Grump, it's not time to do the fucking ad yet. I'll let you know when it's ad time, Grumpy. I was just one more item I want to talk about. I know you want to launch into the ad. There's one more item because we'll do, we'll get through we'll get through our last item here, and then we'll go ahead and get to the comments. We'll do the ad and we'll get to the comments. Are you? Okay. Do you have a movie to make it to tonight? Nope. Okay, I was about to say I'll hurry it along if that's the case. Nope. Because there was one other item I thought you wanted to bring up on today's show. We talked about Kevin Kurtz. We talked about the comments that were made about Oliver Walsh, and we talked about going into next year. I wanted to hit one more time. I thought we. I thought there was one more item that I was forgetting about that you wanted to talk about, or am I just crazy? I don't know what it is. If I have forgotten, <laughs> I thought there was one item more you wanted me to talk about. I just have that weird feeling that there is something you wanted to talk about too. Additionally, I, if I think about it, we'll bring it up later. Um. Just a housekeeping item here too. Um, I know the Islanders play this Saturday. It's at eleven. It's at eleven thirty my time. I, I won't be able to cover the game live, 
So we will not be covering this Saturday afternoon's game. Um, so, you know, we talked about there's only a few, there's only a handful of games left this season that kind of fit the parameter of what, or the parameters of what we do because we don't cover the Thursday games because of the TJ and the Grumpy Old Man show. We won't cover that Saturday afternoon game against Buffalo. Um, Sunday afternoon is at 12 again. It's a Sunday game. Tuesday, we will be covering against the Washington Capitals. And then there's a Thursday game against uh, against the Washington or Washington Capitals. And then our last game of the season is on Friday evening against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So we'll be covering the Washington Capitals in the Tampa Bay Lightning game. So next Tuesday and Friday, we'll be covering those games live because last few Islander games we'll see in about, what, four months? Yeah, I guess so. And again, October, however yeah. many months it is from May to October. I don't know how many months that is. Yeah. And for those, again, we're not going away. For those of you who are new to the show this year, we don't disappear in the off season. Um, we still stay around the off season. We still podcast every week during the off season. So we're not disappearing. We're not going away. We're going to start getting our uh, guests back on shows again. Uh, there's a lot to talk about since the last time we we had spoken with some of the brilliant minds of the Islander fan community. We'll be reinstituting back the calls, ladies and gentlemen, the call-in shows, which are always fun. So there's some items that we're going to be bringing back once you know the off season hits and there's a little more time on that. Actually, I disagree with you. The the uh, brilliant minds of the Islanders community are already on this podcast. Oh, is, is that where it is, Grumpy? Yeah. Oh, man. We're bringing in the backups, the benchies. Oh, man. But we won't we won't be going away. We'll be here. And again, we'll also, a good place to catch us. I know I mentioned this earlier, but if you haven't subscribed yet, TJ and the Grumpy Old Man, we talk all things sports so even we're going to be talking about all nhl playoffs and maybe we'll cover a few nhl games i don't know in the playoffs bit it'll be nice to take a little bit of a break from the live game coverage for the islanders the islanders games sometimes are draining but maybe for watching interesting hockey you know it's something completely different the islanders haven't been that that uh, enthralling to watch this year but playoff hockey is always something special but we cover yeah. everything from nhl to nfl to nba to soccer to mlb on this channel right here that we're showing on screen called tj and the grumpy old man you can find it in the link in the description below or as a featured page on our youtube channel and tomorrow i guarantee you we're going to show a baseball football fan fight combination uh, that we found on the internet. You sent and, me that grumpy and I was like, yeah, it's okay. Oh no, that's really, really good. The warden even liked it. The <sighs> warden liked it. Wow. Did and I, to, to me, it also brings a little of the Will Smith thing back in there. There's a lot of things kind oh, of where man. we are as a society football baseball acting fan fights everything all rolled into one 30 second clip it's phenomenal yeah and, and again i like absolutely will be talking about that tomorrow and next thursday next thursday next thursday the first round of the nfl draft will be on the tj and the grumpy old man show yes so and again we, we always enjoy all the fun topics that we talk about on that it's a little bit more of a free wielding show we're just kind of talk anything and everything it's not so team specific it's not so sports specific just kind of what's going on it's again it, i think it allows the the free, we have some moments here on our show on the honors never say die where we kind of get a little bit more free wielding where we just kind of talk about funny things and fun stuff i think we've got more freedom and, and liberty to do that on, on the show with tj and the grumpy old man so make it's, sure you definitely check that out tomorrow 9 
9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in the link in the description below or as a featured page on our YouTube channel if you're new around here. It also is more sports specific because, um, you know, otherwise entertainment specific, TJ would have to have something to bring to the table and he doesn't. So it's mostly sports specific. Man, you ruined it a bit. You rushed that little portion, but I, I give you credit. A for effort, Grumpy. Um, but right now is time for the ad read. And Grumpy, if you remember what you wanted to cover, I thought there was one more thing. If you remember before the end of the show, let us know. We'll make sure we get it in. Okay. Um, hockey fans, feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. And right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they do win. Or if they win, um, if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. And new customers can make their first deposit in play free for thousands of DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. Uh, draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points with goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN and bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. You must be 21 years or older, restrictions apply, and see the show notes and the detailed description for additional details. Grumpy, you're still muted. Wonderful, TJ. Wonderful. Well, it's funny. I'm glad you had yourself muted. Now, today we're running a little late, as some of you may know. And you want to know why we ran a little late today? I think the fans might want to know, Grumpy. Yeah, because TJ was late. I had to text him. I even have the text right here because I know TJ is going to try to dump on me. So I'm just going to show everybody the text. Oh, don't. Sh you don't need to show them the text because oh we don't need to show them the text. I don't want my number. I don't want my number if you have it like that. No number. It's no number. It Here, no here's, number. here's the thing. Here's the thing. Was I running late? A little bit. When we got yeah. on the show and I sent you the invite, Grumpy called me on the phone because the last two times we've been on the podcast, we've had a little bit of a technical issue at the beginning of the show. And Grumpy goes like this. He's like, I can't, I can't, I can't hear you. And he goes and he points to his ears and he's like, I can't hear him. So the last time somehow miraculously got it to work, I'm not sure he came back, he exited the software, came back in, and things started working. Well, today seemed to be a little bit more of an issue. He called me up on the phone. We were trying to troubleshoot the reason as to why Grumpy was unable to hear me. I know my voice was picking up because I could see my audio levels here on the software. Well, Grumpy old man, after we troubleshooted a million items, I thought to myself, I said, Grumpy, can you make sure your volume's on? The Grumpy old man. He didn't have his freaking volume on. That's why we were late today, Grumpy. I hit okay, it's not why we were late, because I sent you a text at 8.06. Actually, it was 8.06. And I said, it's 8.05, because TJ, once again, running late. And you're right. Uh, the warden told me to turn my sound off because she was watching something on TV. So I muted myself. That took about 30 seconds to figure out. No, but it did not take 30 seconds 30 to figure seconds. out. I love how you're dumping now on the warden. I love how you're seconds. dumping <laughs> 30 seconds to figure that out. But we were late as usual because TJ is always running late. He's going to be late to his own funeral. He's one of those guys. You know what I'm saying? Just there you go. Saying. TJ late again. At least he's consistent. Consistently late. 
That is GT, right. JT Ramirez saying the Cowboys are winning Super Bowl. No freaking way. The Yankees are winning the World Series. Yeah, no way. No well. and no. Sorry, JT. Nick D saying, TJ Grump, how are you guys doing tonight? Do well, Nick D. Hope you're doing well also. What's up? Good evening, Matthew S. Hope you're doing well. Tommy B, what's up? Hope you're doing well. Happy Wednesday. And the Islanders tribute to Mike Bossy last night was top rate. Done perfectly. I'll tell you what. That's one thing the Islanders do better than. Uh, uh, all right. I don't know. But it seems they do a fantastic job with those tributes. But I have a bone to pick. What's that? Why is Jean Potvin's number isn't, why isn't that on the jersey as well? I realize he's not a Hall of Famer. He's not a, had his number retired by the Islanders. But he was part, of, I think, of those first two Stanley Cup teams. Why isn't his number haphazardly sewn onto those jerseys like Bossy's was? Yeah, they need to. I know they had, you know, quickly sewn the number onto the jerseys, but man, it doesn't look great. No, it's terrible. I think the jerseys could use, and again, man, who would figure with such sticklers to the the aesthetic appeal and, and the look of these jerseys? Okay, but, why? Because it looks so bad. That's why. Otherwise, I wouldn't say anything. It's only if it looks bad am I going to comment on it. Hmm. And it's a tribute. I don't care if the captain or the assist is on one side. They should put. They should put nine, put a C on top of the nine for everybody, and then 22 on the other side. And what about John Potvin? I mean, why not, why not give him a little credit, too? Mm. I remember the Yankees would just always – they wouldn't have anything sewn. they just have, like, little black armbands around their, uh, around their jerseys. I, I, would, I wouldn't have mind that also, to be honest with you. Mm. I think that would have been nice. Okay. And then Matthew S saying, however, the rest of the game was shit for certain. It was Nikki said, did you guys hear what Barry said last night about the rest of these regular season games? He said, um, the, I, this is the Islanders franchise. We want to win the Stanley cup. We're all about trying to get better. And, uh, all that uh, we're, we're all, we are about trying to get better. All that. Yeah. Uh, I'm just shaking my head. For it's those just, just listening, it's co it's coach speak. I mean, that's what all coaches say. We're about trying to win the Stanley Cup. We want to get better. Okay. Our goal is to win a cup. That's what all coaches say. It was Stanley Cup or bust this year. So this bust. is bust, right? So do you return the same cast and crew for a, a rebust? What does it do? I don't know. You, uh, all I'm going to say is here is this. I know you're jumping on the conclusion. You're jumping to conclusions that we're not going to do anything this offseason. I am going to sit in the middle. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to stay somewhat and ride the fence and sit in the middle because do I think we're going to make any huge moves? Anytime I've thought that, we always come up short. Do we think we're going to make no moves? No. I think it's probably going to be somewhere in the middle, Grump. I think we have to bring in two left-shot defensemen. And we have to bring in two scoring wingers. I, it's not going to happen. I mean, to be competitive, you have to look at what makes you a team that's competitive to be a playoff team. Right now, we're not close. We're going to be 20 points out of a playoff spot. That's not close. So in order to make the playoffs, you think next year we're going to need to add two top six wingers and two defensemen? We're going to definitely need two defensemen because we're losing two. We're going to lose Char and Green. So you, can't promote, so you don't think we can promote from within? I don't think Barry is going to play young guys in a consistent top four role. I just don't see it. Well, no, you okay? Here's the thing: 
The young guy could play the bottom six, and you could bring in a top four defenseman if okay. you're so hell bent on bringing in one. Just okay. saying, you don't need two. You're saying you're so hell bent on we need to bring in two guys. I'm just saying, could we not find you know a, a bottom pairing defenseman out of a guy like Aho, Hutton, or Sallow? Can we not find one of those three guys to fill 15, 16 minutes a night? Do you think Barry's going to do that? If Scott Mayfield was healthy, do you think Aho or Hutton would be playing at all? Okay, that's my point. Unless you force him to do it, he's not going to do it. That's my point. He doesn't want to give the younger guys a shot. That's my issue with him. And we're going to have to move some forwards. Let's say you get, a, I'll just throw Chickren out there because he's the guy everyone's talking about. You're going to have to move some offense to get Chickren. That's how you can get another forward on the team. You're going to have to move some forwards off or a forward off and a lot of and prospects slash picks. And here's the thing. This is this is my other question, right? We talked about what would have to go back in return to get a guy like Chikrin. Well, if we're reading that the only guy who has top end talent is a guy like Atu Ratu and we're reading that. And here's the thing. When you're talking about trades, right? Other people's perception is extremely important. If the perception around the league, generally speaking, and again, I don't speak to any executive. I don't speak to any NHL scouts. But if the general consensus around the league is this guy is our best prospect and he projects to be a number three center or a top six winger, that doesn't sound like a whole lot that it brings to the table in regards of a trade. That doesn't sound like it moves the needle all that much. For us, I think we may be overvaluing. I hate when I say that, but I had very, very high hopes. When I see items like that, it kind of gives me a second to take a step back and say, holy shit, if I become victim again of overvaluing another Islanders prospect, I've done it before in the past, and a lot of Islander fans do it. I've, I, I feel like I may be doing it again. I hope not. Do you want to know who doesn't do that? Me. I don't, don't overvalue any prospects unless they're a guy the first overall pick. I always say that they're a prospect until they're not. That's what that's always what I say. Robin Sallow, when he played up, he was okay. I don't think he was ready. I don't care how old he is. He wasn't ready, but he showed some things. He showed that if you had to move him in a trade to get a chicken, I think that's a piece that Arizona would find uh, attractive. I think an Anthony Bavillier would be a piece that would that they would find attractive. I think Josh Bailey is a piece they would find attractive for leadership, and to get them to the salary cap floor. That's why I say, okay, if you want to throw in a first-round pick, it has to be lottery protected. That's the only thing I say. And I think if you offer that package, they might accept that. They want to get chicken off their books. They want to kind of – the NHL, which owns a team, doesn't want to spend a whole lot of money, but they want to be a little bit more competitive. Why not bring in a leader type like Josh Bailey, who's good in the community? Okay, come on. Okay, see there you go. Just stop. Just stop. You, Just hate, you, you talk about the same. You talk about the same thing every single time. Okay. And it's like I feel like you're trying. I feel right now, Grumpy, like I am in my house and I'm getting my doorbell rung at five o'clock. You said, "Oh, hello there, TJ. Do do you have a moment to speak about new double pane glass windows? They revolutionize your house and allow more of an aesthetic appeal. That's what I feel like. I'm being pitched. Okay. Well, that's 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 the pitch I would make. Okay. That's the pitch I would make. And I think that don't pitch it to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just saying that's a pitch that they should make to Arizona. If you okay. want to get that left shot defenseman, because Jacob Chickering, I think he would be 
you'd have to team up with Pulak. I've said that before. Then you're yes, solid. Every, yes, every single podcast. Yes. Not every yeah. single one, just the last two weeks. Not every single one, just the last two weeks. No, just because we took a two-week break when I was on a honeymoon didn't mean you weren't talking about that before we all I was said. not talking about that before. Bullshit. <laughs> but that's that's what I that's what I want. That's what I mean. If you want to move this team forward to potentially be good enough to qualify for a playoff spot, because right now we're not even good enough to make playoffs. Mm. That's where we are as an organization. Yeah. And it's okay, but as long as we identify that and try to move forward. Yeah. Um, Frank K saying here, uh, if anybody wants to think this is a playoff team with a squad, like Lou said, is totally out of their minds. That's right, uh, Frank. really bad. Frank knows. Frank knows. Mm-hmm. Anyone with the brain knows. Matthew S. says, bars all look miserable. Get this kid some help for crying out loud. He does look unhappy. I know he's been putting up a few points as of recent, but he does look unhappy. Yeah, I, you wonder how much it's been drained out of him. Mm. Uh, t- Tommy maybe B. Saying here, the what, Grumpy? Maybe it's the system thing. I think so, too. Uh, and again, losing doesn't help. So maybe he put up with the system because we were winning games and now we don't win games. He's just like, holy shit, I cannot stand the system. I can't stand what I'm being asked to do on the ice. I want to have fun while I play. Maybe that's a little bit of it, but who knows? Tommy says the one nice thing about a long off season is after these shorter off seasons, uh, it will let the bodies heal and be fresh for next year. Here's the thing. If we don't come out of the freaking gates flying <laughs> next year, if we don't come out of the gates flying next year, I, you know what I mean? Like, excuse, I'm sorry. Right. You could say maybe, Oh, we played so many short, but we had, it was only like, even with the playoffs last year it was like 80 games. I know. So yeah. Keep the dream alive, Tommy. That's all I got to say. Keep the flags waving brother. I don't know, man. I, we're just I, we're just not good enough. We're not talented enough. As soon as you as soon as you let go of, if you realistically look at the players on this team and how they match up as individual players around the league, and you go, you know what? We're not that talented. You're on the step of moving past it. It just is what it is. I don't care how much they could get ten years rest. It doesn't matter. They're just not good enough. Anyway, grumpy. Uh, moving right along here. Uh, John Smith saying here, uh, I like the Kevin Kurtz article saying that Ratu could see the NHL next year, talking about Olyokin and laughing his ass off. Um, he's new, so uh, I'll give him a pass. Unless the whole team gets wiped out with COVID again, he has no chance. Very true, John. And here's another reason. Everyone's on long-term contracts. That's why he's got no shot of playing. Here's the other thing, too. If our entire team gets knocked out with COVID, you'd see them bring up ECHL players with more veteran experience <laughs> than play a guy like Atu Ratu up there. Um, so, you know, I, I I think we're in a situation where, you know, no matter what the result is, it's good for Islander fans. If you win, oh, yay, we win. That's fantastic. If we lose, that improves our draft spot. Personally, I would like to lose every game the rest of the year to improve our draft spot. And I hope every team below us goes on an unbelievable winning streak. That's what I'd like to see. Like I said, we're going to either be picking 13th or 14th. That's where we're going to be picking. Brian P says the Islanders are second in the NHL in save percentage in 15 points out of the playoffs. I have never seen that ever. Just shows you how bad offensively this team is and how our boring, outdated 1999 style that chokes whatever skill we do have. Can't wait to watch the same crap next year. I love Brian, but I have to correct him. We are. 16 points out of the playoffs right now. Are we really 16? Yeah. 
So we could be finishing depending on. I mean, we got the Rangers tomorrow. We're going to be twenty points out of the playoff spot. At the end of the, at the end of the season, we're going to be twenty points out of a playoff spot, which is what I said. How long ago did I say that? We both said that before Three we went on the trip. Before we went, well, before on the trip, we said guaranteed. We thought we we're going to be twenty points out of the playoff spot. Maybe should more. I, should I break out the envelope tonight or Saturday night? You know, Grumpy, I, I'm going to question the validity of this envelope because you've never shown it to us, and now all of a sudden you're, you've been building up this envelope for years or for this year, and I just wish you would have shown us what it is. You should have written and said, Grumpy's envelope, so we could have all seen it. Okay. Saturday night it will be. <laughs> this Saturday night you're breaking out the envelope? Yep. Not at the end of the year? Nope. I almost feel like that. I can wait till the end of the year, too. It's not going to change what I wrote down. Frank K says tomorrow will be a road game for the Islanders at UBS Arena. 65-35 Ranger fans. Yeah, Super unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, I agree with that. Christopher C said if they um if they're quick, like you say, TJ, uh, why back then? Uh, why back then when you when we played them, we wiped them out of the first round of the playoffs. That was a few years ago. We played then. What was that? That was when John Tavares was still with the Islanders when we beat him in the first round of the playoffs, right? Well, yeah, the Florida Panthers. John Tavares was still there. He scored the winning goal in, I, in game seven or game six. I think he was talking about when we had that play-in game with them a couple of years ago. Okay, gotcha. Maybe that was it. I and mean, they've improved a lot since that time period. They sure had. All the young guys have grown up together. They added some veteran pieces. They traded away Vinny Trocek, who I just loved his style of play, to Carolina. But it turned it held both teams. That's a deal that held both teams. It was a good trade for both guys. And Ekblad's coming back and returning for the playoffs. That's going to be big for him. Yeah. Sir, they definitely do miss Aaron Ekblad. There's no Absolutely. doubt about it. Um, the Islanders played three games against Florida this year. They were 0-2-1 and have been outscored 14-4. We're nowhere in the same stratosphere as Florida. They're 100 times better than us. Yeah, we don't match up with their – okay, What's their style? Really aggressive on the four check. How many times have we turned the puck over in our own zone because of the pressure they put on? A lot. Christopher C says, "Who wants a three-peat talking about Tampa? It'll be a, it'll make the game boring." Oh, I disagree. I disagree totally. Matthew S saying, "No, screw Tampa." Yeah, um, and then James F saying, "Guys, the Islanders are 14th in the draft lottery on May the 10th. Do you think they have a shot for number one?" No. Okay. Yes, technically, yes, but no. <laughs> the um, chance of us getting number one just astronomical. That's why we need to lose every game in regulation, and we need every team below us to win. I just want us, because I don't think we're going to win the draft lottery, I just want us to be closer to the top, that's all. Brian P. saying here, I want Colorado in the West, Florida. Uh, or Toronto in the East. Tommy B is rooting for Florida in the East. Florida right now would play Washington, and they would wipe the floor with them. True. Yeah. F Toronto as well, says Matthew S. Not a fan of Toronto. Uh, Matthew C says, I hope the Rangers in the Carolina Hurricanes get wiped out. Carolina is going to be tough. They're a good team. I, I, here's the thing, too. Carolina hasn't had much postseason success, so I don't mind rooting for them a bit. They're a team that's been good in regular season. I don't like to see teams play really. Again, if my team's out of it, the Islanders are out of it. I don't mind seeing a team and fan bases that have played really well in the regular season but come up short in the postseason. I don't mind seeing them go on a little bit of a run. Not at all. Carol Carolina has a really, a really loyal fan base, too. It's like if I wasn't an Islander fan before they started making it, you know, the first time they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals in what was it, 26, 27 years, if I was just an unbiased hockey supporter, I'd be like, I'd be pulling for them. 
It's the story. They're a local team for me. Mm. I have no problem rooting for them if people want us to look for them. No James problem. F. saying here, the Tigers and the Yanks are tied 3-3. Three, three. The Tigers. Toronto right now plays Tampa. Oof. Yeah, I was about to say, I know that Boston is only one point behind Tampa at the moment. And Tampa, I think, had lost two games. Uh, so I know that, my God, could you imagine if Tampa ends up as a wild card spot? I mean, technically, again, they're one point ahead of Boston at the moment. Boston has won their last two games. The Lightning have lost their last game. But, man, whew, talk about a tough team for him to be pulling up against a wild card spot in. I think the best series in the NHL playoffs last year was Florida-Tampa. Mm. Um, Andrew L says, I want the wild for some reason. I don't know. They're just kind of under the radar and similar to us in a way. I could see that too. They are. People don't even think about Minnesota. They don't think they got a team. Frank K said, Minnesota. Okay. Got another Minnesota there too. I think Toronto is going to beat Tampa in the first round, putting some money on it. No freaking way. I was about to say, we don't even know if they're going to play them in the first round. There's one point separating them and both teams have the same exact games played. I mean, there's six games left in the season for them both. So I think it's, we don't even know if Tampa is going to play Toronto in the first round. Well, you're talking about maybe Boston. Boston. Yeah, exactly. If Tampa, technically, if Tampa has a worse record than Boston, let's say that, you know, they lose one more game than Boston does the rest of the season. Technically, Tampa plays the wild card and they're playing, you know, (laughs) they're going to be playing against either Carolina or the Rangers. Well, if they, uh, if they need two points at the last game of the season, I guarantee you they're going to beat us. That they'll, They're guaranteed to get the third spot in the Atlantic. Who do you think they would rather play? Do you think Toronto would rather play Toronto? Toronto. Or- Toronto hasn't won anything like what? Since 1993? Oh, mm. I mean, I can't remember the last time Toronto's done anything. Joseph C. says, if the Rangers don't win, I'll root for somebody in Canada because they deserve a cup. It's been 29 years. I often... Root for Canadian teams when the Islanders are eliminated. Hmm. I'd, I mean, it's their game. I mean, I'd, I'd love to see a Canadian team win. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what's up, Frank? How are you? A yeah, tiebreaker is wins and regulations. Okay, cool. That's what I thought it was, but I wasn't sure. Thanks for that one, Joseph. Um, James F. also saying, I need a win tomorrow. Sorokin in goal tomorrow? I doubt it. I think Varlamov is in tomorrow. Well, but both of those goalies play extremely well against the Rangers. But now the Rangers really have something to play for. They're tied with Carolina for points. Well, here's the thing. I mean, I, Phil and I were talking about this. I think either team is kind of sweating it out. I think they're praying that they would rather face off if they win the division, right? I think they would rather play Boston than Tampa. So, you know, they're <laughs> – yeah. and if not, do you think to yourself, I'm like, oh, maybe we'll lose the last game. We'll be the two seed so we can avoid Tampa if at all possible. Um, but Jake K is saying here, I'm praying for an early exit for the strangers, AKA the Rangers. Nice to see you again, Jake. Uh, Gerard is saying sup and what's up TJ and grump grump. Uh, did you see any of the Islander wins win cups in person? I was not at any of the final games. No. Hmm. Don Cush here saying, uh, if, uh, we were in the playoffs. We could beat any of the teams except maybe Carolina or Tampa. Um, you guys give them. You guys give too much credit to the regular season. Oh. No, Don. The, the regular <laughs> season is eighty-two games long, and a in a postseason matchup could be anywhere from four to seven. 
I mean, like I think it has a lot more to do when you get to the postseason about the matchups and how your team compares and system, you know, system, I think plays a little bit more in postseason is of importance, but I don't know. With the exception of the first year Trotz and Lamarillo were here, we were, we were not going to make the playoffs in year two. When we had the truncated year with COVID, we technically had fallen out of the playoff spot as we had lost seven games in a row, or maybe it was 11 games in a row, but seven games at that point. I can't remember what it was. Seven it was games in a row. Seven games in a row, bad. And we had to do the play-in game. We were not going to make the playoffs. And we everybody got a break. We got Adam Pellick back and healthy from the, I think it was the Achilles at the time period, and that really helped us too. Uh, and then last year, we were lucky that uh, the Rangers in Philadelphia posed no threat. We were fourth, and we fell apart at the end. Mm-hmm. We caught lightning in a bottle with Tristan Jari and goal for Pittsburgh, and Sorokin saved our saved our butts when Varlamov was underperforming. And then uh, against Boston, Carlo went out, changed the whole tenor of that series, and then we find out that Rask was playing with a torn hip labrum, which eventually yeah, ended his career. Yeah, um, gotcha. Time be saying here, uh, we could beat the Rangers, Pittsburgh, or Washington. That's it. I don't think we could beat Pittsburgh. Yeah, I don't know. I think we could beat the. I think we would beat the Rangers, Pittsburgh and could beat Washington, but we would not beat Pittsburgh. Gerard saying Pittsburgh because we own them. as long as Lou and Barry are here, there is no future. Says Apex senior citizen. The Mets up by four. Says James F. Hell yeah, let's go Mets. Um, I was about to say. Um, James F. saying the Nets up by four on the Celtics. That's a big game. That's another big one. Game two. Uh, uh, Don C. said, uh, you don't know the name of the Atlantic Division. You have an Islanders podcast, LOL. Yeah, Don, you know. They yeah, we're the Metropolitan Division. That's why, Don. Well, no, oh, here's the thing. They changed the names last year. They like, <laughs> do you remember how they run? They ran the, they ran the names differently last year. So the they Mutual to- East. Something, yeah, they changed up the names based off because the divisions got mixed up last year. It doesn't even matter. I don't. Here's the thing, Don. We we do have an Islander podcast and uh, we talk all things Islanders. Um, Frank Case, hold on, Grumpy. This is the same guy who said the regular season is not as important as the postseason. The regular, hold on, this is Grumpy. Here we go. This well, the regular is, season isn't as important as we give too much credit to the regular season, indicating whether we'd be successful to a team in a postseason. Well, we gave too is, much to an 82 game sample size, too much of a of a bearance on the 82 game sample size. All I'll say is, and that's a nice caricature picture there, Don, by the way. Um, you have to do well enough in the regular season. I know we don't want to give too much credit to it, but you, to make the postseason, you have to play well enough in the regular season to even make the tournament. Um, Frank K saying the Rangers will get better, not worse. I don't know. They I think that Shosturkin really bailed them out a lot. This, okay. Do you see Do you see Shosturkin playing the same level he did this year, next year? But I see them getting better defensively. They're going to go out and get better defensemen. The younger guys, um, Miller is going to get better the more he plays. Yeah. I mean, I see them getting – they're really good offensively, and I see them potentially getting better defensively. If you can score, you can get a couple of pieces to play better defense. You can do that. Matthew S. says here, Washington will take a step back. 25-point step? Well, here's the thing, right? It's not 25. 20-point? 20 20, we're not 20, 25 points behind them. And here's the thing. Even if they take a 10-step 10, 10 backwards, 10-point step backwards, we have to take it then a 10-step, a 10-point step forward. That's how I that think works. we're going to take a step back next year. 
Uh, Pittsburgh might, he says as well. DDT says Rangers step back. They're one of the younger teams in the league. Do you see them coming away? I mean, right now, think about it. They're at 106 points. They're probably going to end up with, what do you think? Maybe 112, 110 plus points this year. Do you yeah. see next year they're putting up 110 points again? I don't. I think that I think the division is going to be more competitive. I think that there's not going to be, it's like, oh, I could slough off against the, uh, the Devils, or I could slough off against the Devils. Well, okay, we're playing this team. We could slough off against them. I think the Flyers are the one team that still remains the same like that. I mean, how bad is Ottawa going to remain shitty for? I think Ottawa won't take a big step forward, but, I mean, they're going to still be the laughing stock in the NHL. Do you think Montreal is going to be the laughing stock in the NHL next year? I don't know. Gary Price missed a huge portion of the year last year, right? He'll be uh, this year. He'll be back next year at full force. So, uh, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot of things that throw in the you know throw the factors in here. Come on, the blender. Mm-hmm. And the Rangers are a prime candidate for a step back. Thanks, WB. I think so too. Uh, but the style of play changed. Florida is not good defensively, and everyone will be shocked when they're first round exit. I'm not sure if they'll be a first round exit, but depends on who they play. If they play Washington, they're on to the second round. Washington won't beat them. Yeah, I mean, the Washington, we talk about teams that are not complete. Washington has goalie issues. I think that that's big for them. Washington ha- Washington has holes and issues uh, for that team. Um, and Joseph C. says, I could see Washington taking a step back just because they have goaltending. Okay, gotcha. I didn't even read that comment beforehand. But, yeah, goaltending issues are, that's, a, that's an issue. There's no doubt about it. That's a big one. Um, Frank K. says, the Devils have no management. Uh, they care more about the 76ers. Hmm. Um, time he says no goalies really in a free agent market after, uh, after Mark Andre Fleury and Bernier stinks. I don't know. I like Bernier. Uh, he has good times. He's, um, to me, he's a, he's just a guy lived goal. up to his expectations. People originally expected him to be, you know, top five, top 10 goalie in the league. He never lived up. He's an, he's an above average goalie. He's a poor man's Jack Campbell. Hold on a poor man's Jack Campbell. Damn. Yeah, because I think Jack Campbell sucks too. But there's I think a lot Bernier to is- unfold. There's a lot to unfold with that comment, Grumpy. Okay. And the Rangers are stacked with prospects. Yeah, the Rangers do have a lot of prospects, but how have the young they- players played for the Rangers? Okay, but here's the thing: Lafreniere is going to get better. Kako is going to get better. People forget they're 19 and 20. They're still boys. They're going to get better. They how need much to improve- They need to improve their defense in front of Sesterkin. That's what they need to do. I agree. But they're they're loaded up front. Loaded. Okay. Um, seems like the Devils always have Woody. LOL. Oh, gosh. Um, and Subban sucks. He certainly does. Never thought that high of him. He's a one-trick pony. Yeah. Uh, I don't either. He's a guy who I wonder what he'll get. Do you think a team's going to overpay for PK this offseason? I feel like they, you don't think they will? Nope. Have they all learned their lesson after he signed that massive contract? What do you think he's worth now? $4 million a year? $5 million a year? How old is he again? 32? I don't care how old he is. I think that has to do something with it. Uh, I just don't think he's that good. He certainly, if he was playing well, he'd get a big contract. I just don't think he's that good. I'd never have. 32. 32. So, I mean, I don't want to see us go after him. That would be a catastrophe. I don't either. But again, you talk about what 
I could see Imagine. him. You, would you not consider paying PK four and a half, five million as an overpay? He'll probably get more than that. He's he'll be an unrestricted free agent as a defenseman. You couldn't see team? him getting five million. No, I'm just for saying out in the market, for, on the market for this defenseman. Defensive free agents don't grow on trees. When was the last time he had a good year? Four years ago. He's been terrible. He hasn't been good with with the Devils or with Nashville. Okay, he had a few. Okay, with Nashville, you look at the season point. And again, points aren't everything. Forty points there one year with Nashville, fifty nine points one year with Nashville, and thirty one. He was injured a few times, but I, you know he played okay in Nashville. I'm just saying, I, I, I couldn't. I could see a team overpaying for a guy like him in free agency. I really could. I could see a team giving him five, maybe five and a half. He's thirty two years old, and I could see a team giving him a four or a five year deal too. Well, that's a mistake. I think it's a mistake, though. That's right. Absolutely. Um, the Devils have some exciting young offensive players, but their defense is awful. I think Dougie Hamilton being out for the like 40 or 50 games really hurt them this year, too. They're a long ways away from being a good team. Long <laughs> ways away. They're just a younger version of us. I, I, I'll say that. Oh, younger version of us. Come on. I'll tell you this, though. I think they're a team, right, that, you know, do you think they're going to be as bad? Next year, as they were this year, I don't think maybe. so. I don't know. Really? What, maybe so. Maybe they'll have eighty points next year. I, I just don't think they're that good. Okay, well, eighty points is like another ten. Where do they get those extra ten points from? I'm just saying. I think the division is going to be more competitive. That's the argument I'm trying to make. I think the division will be more competitive, and as the division gets more competitive, I think that leads to trouble for us as a team that's right now currently on the outside looking in. That's all. That's where I come. That's that's my standpoint on all this. Okay. Again, I know you're not a Nico Heischer fan, but I think he's played well this year. Whatever. I think he's. I just don't think they're that good. I just don't think they're that good. They never worry me ever. <laughs> it's not 1994 or 1995. It just isn't. It's 2022. <laughs> Scott Stevens and uh, uh, Scott Niedemar are long gone. <laughs> Valerie Zelopukin is long gone. Bill Gurren. He's a GM. He's long gone. Oh, John man. McClain, he's coaching. Long gone. Yeah, Larry Robinson, long gone. He's a coach. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Those glory days are long gone. Uh, I'll Look be at interested. the trash. Look at the trash that's been in their roster in recent years. Kyle Palmieri, Travis Zajac, those type of guys. Andy Green. Andy Green. There you go. Oh, about you it. missed one. You missed him. But I mean, like, you'll see Luke Hughes up on a team. I think they go defense. They got an early pick. I think they'll probably go defense. But I know there's a lot of forwards out there. You but go with you know. the best freaking player. You always draft the best player. You never draft or need to go with the best player. Bosif is saying the Caps will be older. The Canes goaltending. Can Anderson keep it up? Boston will have issues next year also. I don't know. But the Islanders are going to magically reinvent themselves. Here's the thing. Every year, I think the Carolina Hurricanes have made a drastic mistake in the offseason. Every freaking year. Every year, I believe that. I believe I said, oh, well, holy shit, you lost Nadelkovich and you lose Dougie Hamilton. Well, they plug in Tony D'Angelo and they plug in a guy who struggled in Frederick Anderson and he has a career bounce back and Tony D'Angelo revitalizes his career. They've got a, you talk about a strong locker room, but also talented players. Carolina has that. We'll see if it results in any postseason success for them this year. But I mean, they were, they've had a hell of a regular season this year. And as much as I hate to admit it, Brenda Moore is a really good coach, really good. And their front office knows what they're doing. Bosif is saying also the Cats will be older. Yeah, so will the Islanders, unfortunately. Well, here's the thing. Maybe we'll get a little younger 
based on our overall age because we'll be losing Zidane Ochara perhaps oh, and, and Andy Green. That's the only way I can yeah. think maybe we'll get a little younger. But I agree. Still, the core of the team will be older, which is we not will good. be we will be younger next year with Chara and Green gone. That's like eighty five years. Uh, off your uh, lineup, which is like, I don't know, 560 years in dog age. So we're going to definitely get younger. <laughs> I don't know if Boston's going to have issues. I, I I won't jump there. I think Swayman's a fantastic netminder. Um, Boston could. Once again, Cassidy's a good coach, but you know Bergeron's 37. He'll yeah. be 38 next year. Uh, he's had injury uh, issues this year. Pasternak is still young. Marshawn is, I think, going to be 32. I mean, they have some older players on their team as well, but they've incorporated, they've, they've managed to incorporate younger players is the transition into their team. Yeah, they're not winning cups, but they're consistently good in the play. Uh, they get to the playoffs every year. Mm. Now, i uh, got a comment here from uh, Brian P. says, Buffalo is actually going in the right direction. They have a really good top line, more high picks and prospects coming up. I think Buffalo is probably two or three years away from being a team that could could find their way in the playoffs. Probably they're two or three poorly, years away. If, if everything, if they don't screw anything up. They're poorly managed. Again. Yeah. Yeah, they are poorly managed, but they've got you look at you look at the talent that they have, the players they've drafted. I think they've done well. I think Owen Powers, right? I know we had a, a welcome to the NHL type moment, but I mean, like, I, I don't, I, you know, I think that Peyton Krebs is legit. He's the real freaking deal. I've always thought that since originally he was drafted. I know in his draft class year he was injured. I was hoping he was going to slip to the Islanders somehow miraculously. And that was the same year we picked Simon Holmstrom. And he went like I think eight picks or four picks before us or something like that. He went maybe 14th. But they've got they've got pieces, right? They've got your Dylan Cousins who are stepping up. I mean, they've I still think they're 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 a good bit away, Buffalo is. They are they are a bit away. They're a bit away. Oh, false report. It was from Blades of Steel on Char, and apparently it wasn't true. Okay, well, I saw it. Yeah, it seemed the report seemed illegitimate. Okay, that Char report seemed illegitimate. Okay, fair enough. I saw it. I took a quick glance, and I said, um, okay, I figured maybe it was real, but maybe it's maybe, not. So maybe we might not be getting as young as we think. Maybe we'll lose Andy Green, but we'll bring back Big Z for another year. What another year, Big Z. What a mistake. What a colossal blunder. Oh, man, oh, man. Mm. Uh, we could have gotten draft picks for Chara. Loose sucks. And Ponyboy Curtis says, good shirt, Grumpy. Better than that garbage you guys are selling on Etsy. Uh, a pony wow. boy. Stick it where the sun don't shine. Um, and then uh, Brian P says, yeah, TJ, we're going to get some veteran grinders because we need veteran leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Frank K says, again, if Lou thinks that this roster, uh, with this roster, they can win any more he needs to go now. They need to hire an assistant GM this offseason. That should be number one. Ponyboy Curtis says, Grumpy, what's your favorite WHA team? I know we had the New York Blades. The Houston Arrows were pretty good. Gordy Howe played there. There was a team that I don't I don't remember who the – I mean, and who, who was it? Was it the Winnipeg Jets? I think was a WHA team as well. I don't know who the, the New York team sucked though. That much I do know. I think they had Derek Sanderson on there, but I guess Gordy House team was playing with his kids. I didn't really have a favorite. Mm. Uh, moving right along here, uh, Time B says Trotz is on hot seat with Lou. If Lou decides Salo is to play, Trotz won't have a choice. I don't know. Then you know what? Lou should get rid of him now, because 
You have to resign Matt Barzal. You have to resign him. If there's any, uh, does he want to wait to go into the last year of his deal? Or do you want to try to resign him now? I and here's the thing: if Lou stay, if if Barry stays, Barzell's leaving. Barzell's going to leave. I firmly believe that he will not play long term for Barry Trotz. Matthew S. saying here both should be on the hot seat. I 100% agree. Um, it's, my goodness gracious, Aho unrestricted free agent. He won't be back. Yeah, See, be why? Why not? Why would you not bring him back? He's not going to be. He's not going to get paid much of anything. SP said, we better not trade our pick this season. I don't think we're going to make the playoffs next season. It just depends on what we do. We're not. Yes. Okay. We'll get a lot of comments. We'll blow through Grumpy. Um, but uh, And the only way uh, we're a lottery team is if we finish behind Columbia. Columbus. Other Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, and then uh, SP says, Trot's not playing Wallstrom down the stretch is disgusting. True. It is. Um, I believe it when I see it says Brian P regarding, uh, regarding, uh, Lou or Barry being on the hot seat faith that Lou has a clue about today's game <laughs> would be restored. If he actually told Barry to change some of his boring ways. Wow. Like I said, Barry, to me, Barry is, he's worn out his welcome here. SP says, no way Barry plays Atu Ratu. We've got at least another few seasons before uh, they decide that they should try playing one of the good prospects. Um, and whose spot is he going to take? He's a center, and uh, he's not. Another thing. Not, hold on, and he's not replacing Nelson, Sezikis, or Pajot. He's never going to play. True. That being said, it's also another thing about what, uh, Barry's tenure in Washington. The last year when he knew he was out, and they knew before the playoffs even, that's when he started playing some of the younger guys because he had nothing to lose. That's the only reason he played the younger guys. And then uh, Don C says here, if you follow hockey for many years, you realize that only good defensive teams win the cup. The Edmonton Rollers didn't win the cup until they learned to play defense. Look at them today. Well, here's the thing. You have to be average on defense. If you get a hot goalie, that's all it takes. A guy like a, a, a really hot goalie could single-handedly win you series and single-handedly win you a cup. Simple as I, that. I agree with Don. You have to be able to play defense in the playoffs to win uh, championships. Absolutely. Just, you don't have to be the best defensive team around to win well, a championship. And like I'm saying, Florida is Florida's a top 10 defensive team. So, I mean, and they didn't have Aaron Eckblad. I mean, he makes a difference back there. He's their best defenseman. And I don't think they look great defensively. They're just so last night, but I mean, they were just so fantastic offensively. I mean, they're good. I mean, anybody who says they're not good or not a contender for the cup, uh, I think you're just kind of deluding yourself. I don't think that they're going to win the cup this year, but I think they could take, I think Tampa Bay is going to be the team they have to beat. That's going to be a problem for them. Brian P says, great. Atu Ratu gets to learn under the great teachings of Brent Thompson where forward prospects go to die. Here's the thing. Could you imagine, let's say Bridgeport makes it to the playoffs this year. They win a playoff series. Could you imagine us keeping Brent Thompson? I know we fired his entire staff this last year, but let's keep Brent Thompson. We want us a playoff series. It's the Jim Fassel syndrome where uh, you do just enough to keep your job. And when you say, hey, if you don't make the playoffs, or don't, you don't do something in the playoffs. You're fired. All of a sudden, he, he, makes, he makes a run to the Super Bowl, which gives him another four or five years of mediocrity. Mm. Frank saying Lou's going to be freaking eighty. He better retire after the next after next year, and better hire an assistant or co-general manager. I think he's already eighty now. Was he eighty two already? I, I he's old. 
That much I do know. He's very old. Ancient. And, now, here's the thing. He's not, he's not, doesn't have dementia like other older people we know. He's not like that. He's only but, 79. I'm sorry. Okay. But here's the thing. He's not lost his mind. No. But that said, I think he's still thinking that it's 1990 as opposed to 2022. And he still thinks that the NHL works like it did in 1990. What they should do, I'll say it again. I know TJ hate when I said, bring in an assistant GM, somebody to learn under him, get the ropes, have Lou transition to team president uh, after next year, make the assistant general manager the new general manager, and take the team in a different direction. That's what that's what needs to happen if you want the Islanders to be good anytime soon. Tybee saying the Islanders are not a good defensive team anymore. We give up 40-plus shots a night. Sorokin is just that good. He's kept us in games. Bingo. That's what I said earlier. 100% right. I think our defense is still our position of strength. I think goaltending is the strongest point of our team. I still think defense is a position of strength. When I look at other teams hemorrhaging chances on the other side of the puck where they're just giving gifts to the Islanders and other teams across the league, we don't give many gifts away. I'd say compared to the average, I think we're still a good defense. Not great, but we're a good defensive team. The goaltending has been really, really good. We have three good defensemen. Yeah. We, you can't give up 45 shots a game. Every when healthy, you have four good defensemen. When was the last game we gave up less than 40 shots in a game? I can't even remember. Let me go ahead and pull it up. For 35 shots a game. When was the last time we held anybody in the third? What do you want me to look up? What do you want me to look up? Is it 35? Nothing. I don't need you to look up anything. All I know is Sorokin's making 40-plus saves every night. That much I do know. Oh, man. And they're not, they're not shots from the outside either. Let's hear it's let's see against how it looked against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh only had 26 shots on that. It was so three games ago, four games ago. Um, uh, Apex Legends. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing, right? I still think a position of strength of ours is defense. I still think we're a good defensive team. When Scott Mayfield's healthy, we're really, I think we're a good defensive team. Chara and Green. He's gone after next year. He's gone after next year. Okay, but we're talking about a position of strength that we have. I still think defense goaltending is our strongest position. Defense next, forwards the one after. Because yes. our forward group is a, a, it's abysmal. It's pathetic. Abysmal. It's there you go. Apex Legends here says Atu Ratu is a high-end talent. He's in Bridgeport now, absolutely. Um, but each of the last 10 cup winners have had a sniper on their team. Yep. Every team's got to at least have one sniper, at least. Yeah, I'll tell you. Um, yep, the athletic, we did that one. Frank's saying he'll probably play a couple games, uh, stay a year in Bridgeport, and uh, and we'll be going and getting some of those games maybe 45 minutes away. Bailey's got to go. There's room, Grumpy. You just got to get rid of Josh Bailey. We're going to need to move more than just Josh Bailey. I'd like to see what William DeFore can do in the AHL. I just I feel like we're going to be sadly uh, disappointed in that. I want to see if he can skate. Yep. That's that's all I want. If he can't skate, forget it. Move on. Hmm. Uh, Trotz is now Frank saying Trotz has leaned more to offense. And he's got no choice. The league has changed big time. And Barry uh, must probably it's probably must be his last year. I like Coach Lambert. Uh, we played good. We played well under him. Lambert will go if he doesn't get a head coaching gig. He'll go wherever Barry goes next. You wonder. I know he's applied, right? He originally tried to try to get the job in Anaheim. Was it two years ago? I think it was. He didn't even uh, get a sniff last year. 
Yeah, I wonder how long he's got to serve under Barry until he can maybe branch off. Because I mean, he doesn't want to be an assistant coach his entire career. You feel like maybe one day he wants to be a head coach. You would think. ISP says, um, whenever I think of Trotz and Wallstrom nowadays, uh, I think of Wallstrom being benched after trying the Michigan. Barry needs to go. <laughs> you know what? I didn't even think about that, but I, I, I guarantee you Barry doesn't believe in that. Oh man, I tell you, um, last real system that won were the Devils. That trap worked big time. Yeah, they had some pretty good offensive talent though too. Uh, Frank also saying, "Yeah, Barry drives me nuts too, but um, I like defense. It's key to winning games, winning. But you need offensive young guns. Should be developing young guys, not playing Ross Johnston and Matt Martin." Uh, at the same time, equals zero goals. Well, not just that. They both play the same style game. I like Ross. Now, here's the thing. Ross Johnson is not great, but he serves a purpose out there. Matt Martin doesn't even serve a purpose anymore. But with depreciation, next year he'll just be the $3 million man. The three. The artist formerly known as the $6 million man. John Smith saying, I take uh, the comments of uh, St. Louis over Barry Trotz. St. Louis was an elite NHL player. Barry Trotz had never put on an NHL jersey. St. Louis would know what style players would respond to better than Barry Trotz. Um, okay. I agree to a point with you on that, John. My whole thing is St. Louis was an extremely good player, elite NHL player, and I think he could appeal to stars for that type of system. I don't think it matters that Barry played in the league or didn't play in the league, but he knows how stars think, meaning Marty St. Louis. So when he says things like that, that's why Matt Barzell, that's exactly the way he thinks. I'm going to tell you right now, just by him liking that comment, I don't know how many likes is a good thing or a bad thing, no idea, but somebody told me 432 likes in five years or six years is not a lot. I don't know. So it is significant. SB said teams build through the draft. They cannot build through free agency or trades for the most part. We've got to pick up, you know, we got to pick. We, we haven't gotten a top pick in years. True. Very true. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. The uh, draft is the lifeblood of the team. Period. Cheap, inexpensive players that you can, then you can pick a high, a high price free agent to fill in. You can't have a whole bunch of teams where everybody's a upper middle class getting paid that way without that talent. It just doesn't work. Um, SP said none of our top picks in the early 2010s panned out, and uh, we haven't gotten a top three pick since 2009. You don't get great players unless you draft them, and we haven't even had a first rounder in a while. Yeah. True. Not since Simon Holmstrom. Not since 2019. Maybe we trade away this year's first-round pick. And he wasn't even worth a first-round pick. The guys after him were. He wasn't. Uh, John Smith saying, yeah, Cole Caulfield has really been lightening up under Marty St. Louis. Yep. It's the, I mean, they've played better. They dominated us, too. They We beat them, but they dominated us in that game. Absolutely dominated us. Sorokin won us that game. That was 45 shots on goal that game. Dominated yeah. us. Yeah, Montreal dominated us. Yep, they had 40. I think it had 44 shots against us, maybe 45, whatever it was. Um, 
And then uh, Frank saying, amen. I recorded the Mike Bossy tribute. Uh, did you hear when the great Dennis yes. Poffin, I think, yes. was uh, said, we kept drafting these great players. There, there you go. freaking go. Lou. Watch mean, the video, moron. Oh, man. I tell you, we were so good back then. It's like everybody we touched was a good player. It was as a kid. All right. At, as a teenager growing up back then. I was like, oh man, everybody. I, I thought that's just the way it was, honestly. Well, shit, we got great players every year. It's always going to be like that, you know. When you're, you know, when you're younger, that's what you're used to seeing. It's like we're never going to lose. Like I said, I was stunned, absolutely stunned that we lost to Edmonton in that fifth cup year. I thought there was no chance we were losing to Edmonton. Hindsight being twenty twenty, uh, you know, we were really banged up at the end. But I still, I'm like, there's no way we're losing to freaking Edmonton. We're the, we're the freaking Islanders. Everything we touch is gold. How that's changed. We're the freaking Islanders. Well, but you know what? But that's when that's when you become a, a fan of a team is when you're a kid. That's yeah. when you, that's when you that's when, it's not when you're an adult. It's when you're a kid. That's when you get the lifelong attachment to a team is when you're young. I don't I don't disagree, Grumpy. I don't disagree. That's for certain. Um, got an additional comment here. SP said, uh, all this to say, I wouldn't mind if we absolutely collapse next season. Get a top pick. If we got Bedard uh, or top three or top ten pick in 2023, we'd be set. No, we got a lot of work still to do. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. If we wind up collapsing next year, good. I have no problem with it because it would only expedite the rebuild. We have so many guys on this team under long-term deals in their 30s. It, it was a mistake signing those guys. I said it the day that we made those deals. Stop doing it. Don't double down on it. It's just you're just throwing good money after bad. Even last year, Casey Zizekas, six-year deal for a fourth-line center in his 30s? How stupid is that? If you look at it 15 years from now, you go, oh, man, that was really dumb. I forgot it was a six-year freaking deal. I forgot six about that. Six-year deal for a guy who's in his 30s, a fourth-line center. Matthew S. saying here, I hated St. Louis um, as a player because of how much he killed us, but he's right. Um, SP said, we'll, we'll be in the lottery, uh, but I don't know if we'll have a shot at the one or two this season unless we fall to you know to 11th uh, in the league. New rules say you can't move up uh, more than 10 spots, so best we can do right now is third i'd rather i'd be i'd be happy picking third this year mm. still gonna get a high-end forward maybe maybe they'll maybe they'll pick you know i don't know some a grinder yeah you have to think they're gonna go after the highest rated offensive talent don't you i think so if we even have the pick but here, here's the thing if we get a top three pick i don't think we're trading that away but we're gonna go rapid fire grump because a lot of comments still to get through frank saying here early on wallstrom was creative he made a couple of nice moves and goals but it's been beating out of him or something that's Barry style. Frank K saying here, Barzal is completely fed up with Trotz's system. I stand by what guys like Wallstrom and Bellows would do on teams who would allow him to play offense. True. True. Yep. Uh, Ty B saying here, uh, it works both ways. You need a system and structure to a certain amount of instinct, uh, instinctive use during a game. I was about to say the happy median. I think it's good to have a healthy mix. We're on the opposite end of the spectrum. We're all system, very little instinct, very little reads. True. All system. Um, Mario says it wrong. Ovechkin and Backstrom's numbers were down two of the four years they were there. I was about to say, I, I, I don't even care if people try to argue the Ovechkin point. It's it's an outlier because he's a Hall of Fame guy. Simple as that. Um, 
And again, I, I'm not going to look at the Hall of Fame player and say, oh, because he performed somewhat similar when Trotz was there when he wasn't. It's it's indicative of how all players play with Trotz offensively. Um, uh, SP said, our only above average good players to great talents are Dobson, Sorokin, Pellick, and Barzal. That's it. And Trotz is slowly suffocating them under this defensive blanket. I'm going to throw Wallstrom in there too because he has a, he has a certain skill that not a lot of players in the league have. That shot is lethal. Mm. Uh-uh. And then uh, <laughs> uh, Rob Bell says, Grumpy was a misery uh, when they went to the Stanley fi- the semifinals and bashed players. So now Grump is thrilled. He can be more negative. Why does anybody watch this garbage? Rob, I, you know, Rob always It's the been- truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. It's just the truth. What is the truth? I bashed the players because they sucked in the semifinals. Matt Barzell was the only guy who showed up. All the everyone, everyone's heroes were all invisible. You want to know why? Because they're not good enough. I'm not thrilled. I'm pissed off that we haven't gotten rid of the pieces of shit that are littering this roster. That's what I want them to do. Get rid of the garbage. Get rid of the Jags. Get hired more talented players. That's when I'll be happy. But we can actually contend for a Stanley Cup. That's That's why. Period. Uh, Entertain man. Entertain man says here uh, the majority of this team was drafted by Snow. Lou has been here for four years and has done little to improve the team. True. Yep. True. I've got to say, besides the addition of Jean Gabriel Pajot, which we wildly overpaid for a third line center, and besides, hey, we traded for Kyle Palmieri, can't really pinpoint too many items. I mean, he technically brought over, right? He got Sorokin over, but he was already with the system. He was already with the team. So. What? What we've done, what he has done, is trade away our future for a couple of borderline above-average players. Borderline. And I'm going to say that about Pajot as a third-line center. He's a really good third-line center. Palmieri, eh. Across the league, though, right? He, you know, Across the league, you're looking at a guy who's a bottom-six guy on most teams. Some teams, he'd be a top-six guy, talking about John Gabriel Pajot. But on good teams, he's a bottom-six guy. Same thing with Palmieri. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we traded for two bottom six guys, but Lou Limerillo has had legitimacy. That's what he's done more than anything else, yeah. and so is Barry Trotz. Yes. But you look at the trades, right? Okay, two, on good teams, two bottom six guys. That's what we've done. And we traded for a bottom pairing defenseman, and Andy Green. That's what Lou Limerillo has done. Nothing. Really nothing. Again, I, I like John Gabriel Pajot. I thought we just overpaid for him. Simple as that. How many uh, guys under the age of 30 have we brought into this roster? Just Pajot. Everybody else has been over 30. Mara is saying here, uh, why do you watch then? There are so many other Islander podcasts where you can live in. You can Islander live cartel in podcasts. Yeah. He's talking, about, he's talking about uh, yeah. Rob. Yeah. Barry Trotz is a super coach. He had a bad year. 13 oh, road games to start the season oh, plus please. a Kobe player. Oh uh, too far behind. He is a cup winning cup. He's a cup winning coach uh, who had a bad year. Give him a break. No other coach is better. Grumpy should fire himself off this garbage show. Keep drinking yeah. the Kool-Aid, Rob. Keep drinking the Kool-Aid, brother. We love you, I wonder, though. I wonder, where love Rob, I wonder where Rob will be next year if we struggle out of the gates. What's going to be the new excuse? How long can how, I wonder how many excuses people can make, right? I see a million excuses in this one comment. That's, I see the, Islander, that's the Islander excuse column right there. You hear them, they they pipe, they say it every single podcast, every single telecast. 
this, that. We're making excuses. Guess what? There are no excuses. Your team wasn't good enough. Our Not team wasn't excuse. good enough. That's correct. That's right. Um, John Smith here says, the second best day in my life will be when Trotz is replaced. The first is when Bailey gets traded. <laughs> <laughs> They're not, those are not close to the best days of my life. Oh, my goodness, John. I hear you. I hear you. Um, SP talking about Wall Street. Yeah, yeah, TJ, the numbers don't support it. I'll give you that. Uh, 10 minutes a night on a checking lot on a checking team. That's all I need to say. Yeah, you're right. For certain, you are. Um, ooh. Lou laughing my ass off. Spell checked it and lousy. Uh, is that an omen? Oh, goodness gracious. Boys, boys, no fighting. Everybody calm down. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that a little bit. Um, uh, yeah, Frank saying here, yeah, freaking 80 years old, Lou is. His brain is 100% via degenerating. I don't know. No, I, no, let me tell you something. Lou hasn't, Lou is, he's not, he's not, does not have dementia. He does not. Um, side note, did you guys know that Jason Robbins, uh, Robertson on the stars is almost at 40 goals in his sophomore season? Crazy. Who? You give a young guy a chance. Those, th those things can happen. You roll a dice on someone who has a certain skill set. Maybe you catch lightning in a bottle. You don't. You know what? You don't go and draft for a guy who's he's a safe pick. You know, I hate was it. Oh, he's a safe pick. He's a grinder. He's a guy who could fill a bottom six role. Is that what you're going for in the draft? You could get a bottom six player anywhere. The league is littered with them. High end talent is what this team needs. When was Jason Jason Robert? Why is that name not ringing a bell for me? Because we don't watch the stars. He's twenty two years old. Okay, he was wow. Oh, he was he was a second round pick. Oh, okay. so probably somebody we could have picked up when we were busy drafting. Well, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe we traded that pick away too. I was about to say, there's a few years when we traded away the second pick. He was um, 2017. Okay, so he's, he's a little 2017. He's 22 years old. Who did, we pick, who did we pick in our second round in 2017? <sighs> Give me a sec here. Um, we... Islanders selected Robin Sallow. Okay. Technically, he went before Robin Sallow was selected. So, okay. Well, Robin Sallow might turn out to be a good pick. I think you could say that Jason Robertson has turned out to be a really good pick for them. Now, here's the thing. If he was on this team, how many goals would he have? 10? No, if he didn't be playing? He's at 30, 36 goals and 34 assists, 70 points in 68 games. He's leading Ooh. us in scoring. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely would. Man, oh, man. Yeah. Um, and then SP said he's one of the most underrated players Absolutely. in the league. I was going to say, I couldn't even tell you who the hell he was. I don't watch any Dallas games. I live in the central, I live in the central part of the U.S., and I was not familiar with Jason Robertson. It just tells you how few uh, Dallas Stars games I watch. Ovi, dominant two-way player, one of the greatest players in history for certain generational talent. TJ, the entire fourth line is finished. Barely even notice when they're on the ice anymore. That's not true. Bad things. That's not true because you always get to see Sorokin and Net when they're on the ice. Always. Mario says Quinville, three cups. Sullivan, Sutter, Cooper, two cups. Laviolette taking three of the four teams he's coached to the finals and won at once. Those head coaches will take over trots any day. I'd take those coaches over trots any day of the week. Yeah, but they're not available except for Quinville. They're not available. When That's people say, thing. oh, we couldn't ever find a better coach. Oh, you can Barry. get a better coach than Barry Trotz. Barry Trotz is a really good regular season coach. 
he's just not, I don't think he's a really good playoff coach. I don't think he's able to adjust on the fly. He's system, system, system. And if you're not loaded with talent, eventually you get beat. Uh, SB says here, I'll say this. I've come to the realization that Pavilion needs to go. He could fetch us value. Uh, he could benefit a lot from a new team. And he's just been bad all season. Trey Pavilion and Varlamov. Um, I don't think he's been bad all season. I think he's been bad for a lot of the season. And that's why the second line wasn't great. I mean, people forget. Well, I'm not getting back into that. Yeah, yeah, because grumpy. We don't need to, right? Yeah, um, yeah right. but get a blast your comments. Frank says, "I'm scared uh, to let Pavilia go. He's a dude that at times has proven he could score and put up assists. Unless you know we get a truly good player, or if we had more of an offensive coach, he could flourish. I think. True. Chase H saying here, uh, Ilya Sorokin, Igor Shosturkin, and J- J- Jacob Markstrom are the top three pl- top three goalies this year. Freddie Anderson's pretty good too. Yeah, he's had a great year for certain about it." Why did it take Barry 70 games to realize Sorokin is their best goalie? It was obvious much earlier in the season. It was obvious last year, too. But Thank he, you for that. Thank you for that one, Grumpy. No problem. But here's the thing. He wants to play the veteran. Period. End of sentence, end of story. Why was Sorokin not our starting goalie in the playoffs last year after he saved our bacon against Pittsburgh? He had one game where they lost to Boston. He never was seen again. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get that either. And here's the thing. It wasn't like goaltending is the reason why we lost against Tampa. They were just a freaking better team. Simple yeah. as that. Um, Paul OC says here, uh, a team can play a system, but your offensive high-talented players or players are an exception or certain players are an exception to that. You have to give those type of players like Barzal, Dobson, the green light. Absolutely. Paulo is 100% correct. Frank saying in the in the playoffs it becomes more of the Islander style of play, aka more physical. We can't deny that. Uh, just add a little bit more offense and they and, and retire Green and Char. Here's the thing: the assist in the playoffs you get away with a lot more clutching and grabbing. Char gets away with almost any cross check he deems okay with. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I see him two hand somebody at the back and knock him down with no call, with no puck. I mean, Char commits infractions left and right. Scott Mayfield gets away with a lot of clutching and grabbing. He's a guy who's very handsy and physical in the playoffs, and there's a lot of our players who do that. Here's the thing. To play the Islanders system in the playoffs, you actually have to make the playoffs. We're a long way from that right now. Long mm. way. Absolutely. Um, and Sutton, Sallow, Ajo over Char and Green. Thanks, guys. Achara should be a coach for these defensive guys. Mm. I don't see him coaching. Not for us. Barry Trotz's system. Uh, what's that? Let the other team <laughs> bombard your goalie with 40-plus shots a game, and hopefully you know, he'll stop them all. We get one goal or two goals a game. Barry Trotz defensive system. Come on, Islanders front office. It's got to change general manager and coach. We're there. I think next year will be the end for both of them. Um, uh, why avoid the Christmas rush? Do it now. But they think that maybe another kick of the can. I don't see it happening. Do you really think the team with you know 75% of your players over the age of 30 is going to get better? How many players get better over the age of 30? Not too many. Don saying, maybe you should know the name of the divisions. Uh, you can expect respect from your, <laughs> and then I can expect, I can, I can respect your opinion of us getting dominated. So good to know, Don. That's all we need to know is the division that 
that matters. Central division. That is the indicator and a barometer as to if I can watch a game and, and analyze it. Here's the thing. I don't think we were dominate. Grumpy and I disagreed on it, but that's a cool thing, right? We can disagree on it. It's not like I've got to say, well, Grumpy, I don't like how you rock a little bit too much in your chair. Real people don't rock in their chairs. And if you rock in a chair like that, I can't value your opinion. That's cool. It's like it's like when people say, TJ Grumpy Old Man, you guys have never won a Stanley Cup. So how could you ever have any opinion on the New York Islanders or anything hockey related that's different from our general manager and head coach? Because you've never won a Stanley Cup. Can so I your tell opinion's you, invalid. Can I tell you what? Barry Trotz has never won a Stanley Cup either. He was standing behind the bench when the players won the Stanley Cup. It's it's like you use when you quote from authority to back up an opinion. It you know I, I rather I rather try to say hey we'll look at everything Grumpy says. Some I agree with, some I don't. A lot this year I've agreed with, but I'm sure in the offseason there's going to be items we don't agree with. Simple as that. Frank says yes, CJ, you gotta get a tablet. They're cheap. Go to Costco or Best Buy, man. Plus you're ruining your eyes. I'm begging you here. It's it may start it may start a collection for the years. No 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 no. Uh, I'll tell you. Um, Anyway, where's Pointy Boy or Tony Cheese? Guaranteed that they're celebrating 420. LOL. Maybe. Maybe they're <laughs> celebrating that 420. Who the heck knows? Who the heck knows? Dan L says, You're damn right, Grumpy. We are the brilliant Islander fans. <laughs> Very true. Done. And here's my baby. There he is. I love that baby. Mm. There he is. There he is. <laughs> He's going to be an Islander fan. Oh, my goodness gracious. Amari, uh, uh, I usually don't, but I shut out this off permanently. Lou and Barry are great. I'm still grateful. Next year will be better. Fan weather fans pile up on a Hall of Fame general manager and coach. Shameful. Leaving now for good in this threat. Bye. Not sure that means, but okay. See you, Rob. Um, uh, playoff hockey rules and laughing my ass off the warden. I love that nickname. Um, brother number three says a good metaphor for this part of the season is like you're at the tail end of a party. It's three, a, 3 a.m. I know brother number three is he must be an animal out there. I could 3 a.m. in a party. Uh, there's like four people hanging around. The lights are halfway up and the music has just gotten a bit quieter. Oh, uh, yeah, I tell you, it's a good analogy. I like that one. That's kind of accurate. Ah, man, we're all just kind of sitting here in despair. I guess we didn't find somebody to go home with. We're just kind of like, ah, time to go home. Time to sleep off this massive hangover I guess I'm going to have tomorrow. <laughs> um, and then um, Apex Legends saying here, the Islanders and Lou got karma this year. Ooh, um, you want to force players to take, uh-oh. I didn't even know that's what it said afterwards. We don't get, come on, we don't get it there. I'm sick of the evil. Well, here's the thing. We're not go one way or the other. You know, do what you want, freedom of choice, et cetera. Joseph C says, I'm going to Vegas next week for the draft. I'm looking forward to seeing how the Jets screw up at the fourth and the 10th overall picks. Talking about the NFL draft, that is. Make sure that you listen to TJ and Grumpy Old Man show. Uh, while you're at the draft, it'll be way more exciting than what you see there. That's for Honestly, sure. when you're at the draft, just enjoy the freaking draft. Listen to the show afterwards. Man, if I was at the draft, pff, I'd be enjoying it, and I'd be cheering and booing. Hopefully, you don't have a lot to boo you about. You realize there's a whole lot of time in between picks where you do nothing, right? 
If yeah. you're standing there okay. in front Here's of the, the and you can have you could be one of those cool people, the ones what are, they always had the people who wear like the earphone where it's like this weird like Bluetooth one that mics them into what Mel Kuyper's saying. Is that what they do? Like I said, he's just listen to us instead. That's my what point. we'll do this year is maybe we'll show the screen of what's going on so you don't have to watch on your TV and we could be equal time wise. We might be behind a bit and I could lower the volume and raise the volume. If we want to hear what Mel Kuyper and the talking heads are saying, we can. If we don't, we don't have to. Hopefully ESPN or wherever we gather our stream from won't take it down. So we'll be able to actually, well, no, why don't we just put the picks up and we can just talk about what they're saying instead of taking <sighs> our podcast down. I, I hate when you do that. Don't do no, that. No, it's not us. It's the people who, oh, here's the thing. I think only European football takes the podcast down and Facebook does. And other ones like that. ESPN doesn't take your podcast down. They just copyright strike it and say, and if you make any revenue, it goes to us. And I'm like, that's fine. Whatever. If we can make good content, that's all I really care about. Um, anyway, I tell you, it's going to be fun to do in that draft. Uh, now the Nets are down like two. Jared saying here, I think they're doubling down on this group. Ugh. Yeah, it's a mistake. They doubled down last year. Didn't work. They doubled down this year coming in. Didn't work. You're going to double down next year. What, what do they say is uh, the definition of futility is to. Uh, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting, expecting a, different a different result. result. There you go. Not me saying too early to know what they're going to do this offseason. I agree with that. Maybe I don't think they're – here's the thing. It's probably going to lie somewhere in the middle. I want to hope it won't be as shitty as what we've done in the offseasons in the past, and I'm hoping it won't be – I don't think it will be as good as what we all expect. So somewhere in the middle. Joseph C. says, God, I hate Kyrie and that snake. Kevin Durant, dude ruined his legacy by joining the super team at Golden State. He didn't ruin his legacy. He got the ring. That's all he wanted. Good for him. I think it's going to be looked at too through a different prism because when LeBron started that, I think all basketball players going forward are going to do the same thing. So it's just going to look at LeBron was the first one to do it. And I think it adds a little bit more of an oomph and a little bit more to the the, the championships that were won in the past before players and players did that. 15 years from now, 20 years from now, is anyone going to say, oh, yeah, he joined a super team. No, they're just going to say, man, he was a great player and won a championship with Golden State. Mm. Jared says here, Sal would be a fine bottom pair defenseman on the left side. We need a top four left defenseman. I agree with that for certain. Um, and Sebastian Z says here, who the Islanders should contract for the new the, for, for the new season? Do the Islanders need a star? Yeah, well, yeah Sebastian, the Islanders definitely. We could always use a star. I think Matt Barzal, right? I think he's taken a step back this year. I think he has. And, you know, be that as it made or whatever, you know, you want to put on there. I think he's taken a little bit of a step back. So I don't like to see that. I like him. I think he's got undeniable talent, but I think he's taken a little bit of a step back this year. Be lying if I said he didn't. True. Um, here we go. Uh, and here... Tommy B says Oliver Wallstrom could very well be the biggest piece in the chicken trade. And that's what I fear. I fear. And this is what I fear is the same. That people were so gung ho to say, throw in Noah Dobson as an added on piece in a Jacob chicken trade. And now that you said we give Dobson a little bit of time, think about how much more longer Dobson's had in the NHL game. And again, he's just, I think he's a more talented player, perhaps than a guy like Oliver Wallstrom is too. Noah Dobson is. So, I mean, like, I don't, it's way too young yet for me to say I'm giving up on a guy like Oliver Wallstrom. You're going to give up on a 21 year old sniper for a left shot defenseman who wouldn't even be on your first pair. Okay. That's smart. That's a fireable offense. GM should go if he makes it, that move. It, would it shock me if they did that? It wouldn't. Well, then guess what? 
get ready for really lean years. So you want to continue to get rid of any of the young talent that we have on this team for what? To fail again next year? Okay, that works. I'm telling you, they're going to go for a huge home run. I'll tell you what, it would be great news for Oliver Wallstrom. What a really- he'd, be, he'd be a 25-30 goal scorer next year if he played for Arizona. Absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe maybe they could maybe maybe him and Andrew Ladd could shit talk the Islanders and shit he'd talk. He'd be on a first, he'd be playing first line, he'd be on the power play. Uh, let me tell you something. He that would be beneficial to him. Absolutely it would. And then you see, you think it's bad around here now? Oof. Wait till you see that happen. Oh, man, a man. Chickering's been miserable this year. I don't think his value is anywhere near as high as they expect. Draft lottery is Tuesday, May the 10th at 7 p.m. Oh, wow, that's going up soon. I forgot it's that early. Is it weird to say I forget it happens that early because we haven't been in the draft lottery or being even in contention for like the last four years, the last three years? I haven't even really been paying attention as to how early it happens. Regular season's over. They yeah. get right after the regular season. Uh, David McDonald says, Arizona wants to get worse. LOL, talk about the Arizona <laughs> the Arizona Coyotes. Um, Chickering is so overrated, says SP. It would cost it would cost so much, and for what? A top four defenseman at best? Not worth it. And that's kind of the way I'm thinking. They are going to ask for a lot. And here... You can ask for it if you want. I can, really, I can realistically see us giving up Oliver Wallstrom, a first-rounder this year, and maybe a guy like Bailey, because I'll have to take back cap hit and come in the other direction. I could see us doing something. I could seriously see us doing something like that. We can get if they here's the thing. If they don't want Bailey to play the 1,000 games and they could say we can actually move him, I could see us trading away Bailey. I could see us trading away Wallstrom. And I could see us trading away a first if, round. Okay. If the organization is more concerned about Josh Bailey playing a thousand games in the Islanders uniform, we're in more trouble than you think. Yes. I agree with that. Then actually, could you not? Could you not imagine them thinking and having that thought process, though? I can't. I, I don't even want to let myself think that. Shit, the handshake agreements that that freaking Lou Lamarillo made at the beginning of the year were the reasons why we couldn't move guys like uh, AKA Zdeno Chara or Andy Green, and why we couldn't, we would never Zach have entertained moving Zach Parise. Right? We couldn't have just signed him back in the offseason. We made handshake agreements with these guys to bring them there, so we have to make sure we honor those. Ugh, it's terrible. Could you not see them saying, "Oh, we're going to let you hit a thousand games"? Thanks so much. Thank <laughs> I, you know, could you? I, I could see something like that. I, I'm not a fan of it, but I could see something like that. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me either. Oh man, Yankees won five to three, and um, let's say we trade away our 2023 first round pick with Wallstrom, Bavillier, and Sallow to Arizona for Chikrin. And sign one of the either Johnny Goudreau, Forsberg, or Raquel. You good with that teaching group? I'm not. Okay. First of all, Forsberg and Goudreau are not coming here. They're not going to play for Barry Trotz. I was about to say, absolutely not I going. If Goudreau has the lowest, I think the lowest possibility of coming here, I think maybe Forsberg. I don't think Goudreau returns to, Raquel, to Calgary. Raquel I think is he's a, a restricted free agent. He's not unrestricted free agent. I, don't I think Forsberg, we have the, maybe the best chance to sign if he liked playing with Barry years ago. But our 2023 first-round pick, man, we're putting a lot riding on being successful next year. Wallstrom, it's really early to give up on him. Anthony Bavillier, a guy who's unbelievably streaky. We're selling him on the worst year he's had in his career. And Robin Sallow. I, you know, it's a lot to, it's a lot to give up for Chikrin. I, 
unless here's the thing unless they're willing to give him up for for unless they really came down on the price that's a lot that's a okay. lot you're asking for there's no way Arizona would say no to that trade. You get a 21 year old. If I was Arizona, I'd take that in a heartbeat. Oh, I get another draft pick. Chikrin wanted to leave any, or Chikrin has value. Maybe he wants out anyway to begin with. We get a young Oliver Wallstrom. We get two top six forwards, a first round pick, and Robin Sallow, a guy who can maybe play minutes for us next year. Top four like defensemen defense. for that team. Top four defensemen for that team. Of two for what, first liners for top lining for a top line defenseman for them. That would be a great if I'm Arizona, I jump all over that. I yeah, just absolutely. think for us, that really puts us in a hard position in the future. It means you have no young talent on this team. None. Atu Ratu, grumpy. Huh? Atu Ratu. Please. I I really don't want to be wrong about him. Is it is it? <laughs> I really, I was wrong about Samuel Bolduc, right? I overestimated and overvalued him and his production that he had last year, and that was a mistake. I just really hope I'm not also wrong about Atu Ratu on that side. I don't watch any finished games. The issue is I don't watch any of the Bridgeport games, or I watch a few highlights here or there. I don't watch any finished elite league games, so I don't watch the games. I couldn't tell you how they play. I have to trust what other people read on. I don't have enough time to watch every Islander game, every Bridgeport game, every finished elite league game, every Swedish league. I don't have enough time in the day. I haven't seen any of his games. The only thing that concerns me is can he skate? That to me, that's like not. It's like the biggest skill set that everyone can have is skating ability. That's number one. I would. I don't want a guy who can't skate for the most part. There are guys who aren't great skaters who can contribute. But if I'm looking at a young player, I want to know if he can skate. It's the most important thing to me. John Make up for errors. John Smith said, uh, you can only jump 10 spots if you win the draft lottery. So right now, the best we can do is fourth. And Grumpy, yeah, we can only jump 10 spots. Um, you cannot get to number one. Okay, gotcha. There's a lot of those comments here. Nick D saying here, ooh, holy shit. Look at this picture. Look at this picture by Nick D. <laughs> holy shit, Nick. I love it. Oh, I love no. the picture. And for those of you who listen only, he's got himself an Islanders picture. But instead of Long Island, the he's got it's, no, no. it's well, no, it's Long, is- Long Island being orange, it's green, and we happen to see the Y instead is it's a it's a wedge, and you've got to a point to where you've got you've got the flag, you've got the you got the T, and you're gonna go ahead and knock it in the hole because they're out there golfing early. Got the flag. It's probably a putter. He's probably a it's probably a putter, and he's trying to put it into the because you see where the the ball is and how close it is to the pin. It's probably a putter. Okay, maybe it's a putter. Golf is a putter. Golf is not golf is not Jeremy's going to be very disappointed, I'm sure. But golf it was is creative, Nick. It was creative. It was creative. And if you made it, Nick, if you made that one, here we go. Oh, holy shit. Is it, hold on. Here we go. Here we go. Round of applause to you if you made that. Um, anyway, uh, Charles D says here, I don't want Pajama Boy to win talking about Toronto. Um, and if there is a God, he would let Toronto be out in the first round and the Rangers out in the second then I could be happy. Oh, good gracious, good gracious. I tell you. I don't know if the Rangers beat Pittsburgh. And imagine if you had the Rangers win the division and draw Tampa. Oof. Tampa's a tough draw for anybody. Yeah, Yeah, Tampa's a tough draw for anybody. I think people are, uh, I think Tampa's just kind of hiding in the weeds right now. They know how to win. We've seen it the last two years. Tampa's a freaking tough draw no matter who they're playing. They lost, they lost some guys, but they know how to win. Mm. Um, JK saying here, I agree, Grumpy. I pray that the Rangers lose the Canadian teams to win if the Islanders are not in the playoffs. It's 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 Canada's game. 
and I feel it means more to them. Just my two cents. Absolutely. 100% agree, Jake. Uh, David also saying, Jesus, as long as the Rangers, Penguins, and Leafs get bounced early. Man, I'll tell you, so they have got some insufferable. Here's the thing. The Penguin fans haven't been as insufferable because they have been, you know, they haven't won in a while. So at least we could always pound up on them. Uh, you know, oh, who, who, wait, wait, who, who? Penguin fans. As of recent, I said, they haven't been as insufferable. Here's the thing. All Toronto do is win a couple of playoffs. Toronto fans are still most times pains in the ass. As simple as that. Um, and then Michael B says, uh, when this offseason disappoints you and next season's a turd, Barzal's apathy, Sorokin's frustration, and joints of the, the veteran core turning to dust. Trots, could that pathetic human drama be lose endgame? I oh. think it's the end for both of them next year anyway, as GM and coach. It, here's the thing. If they don't win and turn things around, I think they're both gone next year. I would have rather been proactive now. There are certain things that already give me red flags about trots and moves that Barry has and moves that Lou has made have left me questioning. I've seen us make deals in the past. I've seen us trade away Nor Norris Norris Trophy contenders like Devontae's for freaking nickels on a dollar, and I've seen us get fleeced trade after trade. And I worry about this at that, that this off season. What we talk about the price, right? That that Jacob Chicken will have. Every single trade, I think we either I think I don't think there's been a trade that we've been the clear winner in so far. Maybe getting rid of Andrew Ladd for a second round pick. Maybe that's when we won in. But why he never he didn't play here anyway? Look at I'm all the saying, cap money we have. Remember, we were shedding cap, so we we make big moves at the deadline. It's going to compile, so we can add. Yeah, but they weren't expecting this this season. Well, you should have mm -hmm. looked at how the team played in the preseason and the beginning of the year and just known it wasn't your year. Jared saying the Islanders last year took the foot off the gas. They were in by a mile last year. Okay. Um, I fair enough. I mean, they played well in the playoffs. That's all I could say. They always they always perform better than I thought. I still can't believe we didn't trade Tavares. Oh, Frank, don't get me started on that. It's way too late in the podcast for me to get started on that. Uh, we could have got a haul for I can't, I can't. Yeah, we would have got a haul for him. A lot of that's prospects. A whole other show. A lot of drafts. Yeah. That that's an off-season one. Maybe I can rehash up my anger for that. Uh, and let's not forget Chris Kreider is having a career year also. That's right, Charles. Do I see him replicating it? No. Do I see no. Brock Nelson replicating this year, next year? Probably not. Chris so. Kreider has Chris Kreider has over 50 goals this year. Whoever thought you were going to hear, hear 50 goals in a season and Chris Kreider's name? Not me. Except Chris Kreider never will score 50 goals in a season, but he did I, it. I mean, good for him. I mean, you know, I was stunned when I – 50. I'm like, 50? Mm-hmm. Season's not over yet either. Joseph C says here the Rangers have improved, improved a lot on their five on five since they made those trade deadline moves. The, the Rangers, I, here's the thing the Islanders always get up for the Rangers, right? We always get up for the Rangers. Mm. But the Rangers aren't going away anytime soon. Paulo says here, Tampa will not win the cup. First thing, it's so hard to win three straight cups. Absolutely, it's very tough. Two things, um, two things. the odds are against them because only three teams in NHL history have won three straight cups or more. Edmonton, yeah. Islanders, and who else? Montreal? Montreal, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think the Edmonton won three in a row. They didn't? I don't know if they won two sections. of. I think they won four and six, but I think it was two, and then they lost, and then... Two and then they won two again. Okay, I don't know why I thought Edmonton. Then maybe it was one of the original. Six. Maybe Toronto won three in a row back, going way, way, way back. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. But I just want to say one thing. If you could put that comment back up, please. Um, the thing that is really why Tampa Bay is not probably not going to win another cup uh, with this iteration of players is the salary cap 
is number one and free agency. That's the thing that stops any team from being a truly great dynasty in this day and age. And that's all sports. Mm. Um, you know, we have some teams that, you know, like the Patriots of yesteryear when Brady was quarterbacking, they were one of those teams. But it's so hard when you have free agency and a salary cap. It means when guys start performing, you start winning, they get paid more, and you wind up losing guys like a Tampa lost their whole third line this year. I mean, they're still good, but are they as good as the last two years? No. But they know how to win, and that makes them dangerous. Um, got a comment here from uh, Frank saying here, I read an article that the Rangers are maybe letting Ryan Strom go. Um, you know, do we get him back? And uh, is he too much like the guys we have currently? What are your thoughts? Do you think Ryan Strom wants to play in this system? Or do you think Ryan's he's happy? Go ahead. Do you think he's happy playing in a freewheeling offensive system like they have with the Rangers? Think about this too. Ryan Strom is not the answer for the type of player we need. Ryan Strom, even though he's had seasons, right? In 2019, 2020, he had 59 points. He's never broken, he's never scored 20 goals in a season. We need goal scorers, right? I look at him, okay, he's helped a little bit with the creativity. He's got some assists. We need guys that put the puck in the net. I don't think Ryan Strom is the right type of answer to the player that we need, and I think the reason they're considering possibly letting him go is because he's relatively replace, replaceable, right? Maybe they think one of those young guys they have an assistant could step up and fill a hole of you know 19 goals and help assist on a few plays with the offensive acumen. That's I don't think Ryan Strom is end-all, be-all. And again, unless he's like, hey, I'm offering up a cheap deal. Sign me for, for very, very cheap. I'd say, no, I'm not interested. And that's why you don't re-sign guys like that you build through the draft, and as they get better, you you leave lose those guys and you elevate the younger players who don't cost anything because they're still on entry-level deals. Dan L. saying, you know who's also long gone from the Devils? Lou Lamarillo. He was a great general manager when he was there. Great. He was a great pre-salary cap general he manager. Was. He was. He was. He was phenomenal with the Devils. Let Green and Char go, says Isles 44. Replace them with Salo and a veteran. Take Brock while or, or trade, trade Brock. Brock while his stock is high. Try to dump Bailey, but I don't think there'll be any takers. I'm all for all of that, actually. Nick D says, You're right, Grumpy. Um, ever since Barzal's injury, he's looked disinterested. I bet you that Barry must have said something nasty to him. I don't think it's that like that, but I think just the wear and tear of the season, the 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 lack he hates Barry. He hates Barry. Hates hmm. him. Hates playing for Barry Trotz. Hates it. Daniel Joseph. Um, always like the that's a Mike Bossy right there. I love the profile picture. Says Lou, not Barry, should be on a hot seat if anybody would would be. And that's what you see. We always see some people who always believe, hey, it's either Barry's fault or it's Lou's fault. I think it's a little bit of both. It's a combo. They're yep. a team. They're a team. Yeah. Uh, what's up? Let's just say my 420 was eventful. Drew says, Oh, Drew is, Drew is lighting up over there. Um, my goodness gracious. Uh, let's go. And Jimmy, do you know who that is? Grumpy Jimmy Dalvano. Yeah, Who's he him? was, uh, he was, he was with the Islanders, uh, in the front office and he went to Detroit and, uh, I think he was there and started turning around before Holland took over. Jimmy Dalvano was a good uh, front office guy. I it cannot possibly. I don't think Tommy is saying bring Jimmy Dalvano back because he's got to be like freaking ancient right now. I don't want anybody who's in their nineties coming back to GM this team, <laughs> unless it's his son or something like that. I don't know. Oh, good, Jimmy good. Dalvano was a really good front office guy, though. 
Um, Ariel C says here, I flip flop that the system has nothing to do with offensive production and then that it's a major factor and uh, does when it went back. I looked at um, GF when Trotz was in um, was in Washington or the goals for when Trotz was in Washington compared to when he wasn't and their offensive production hasn't been much better. Has been much better. Or, or I'm sorry, has been much better. Wow, shit, my eyes. I'm sorry. What? One little one little F up by me really changes what that means. <laughs> it wasn't there, and their offensive production has been much better. True. Mm-mm-mm. Mets down five, to, or Mets down five to two. Oh, man, let's go, Mets. Um, I'd be really su- surprised to see Ilya Sorokin against the Florida Panthers. It'd be a competitive close game. Um, what I tell you, man, they're fantastic. He's great. He's good. I'd be saying Bavillier is beyond soft. Uh, he needs to hit the weight room badly. He gets knocked off the puck constantly. He wins very few battles along the board. He's a guy I don't mind moving if you can get yourself a young piece coming back. I don't want to, but he, I'm not giving up first round picks. No way. Unless it's, it's lottery protected, but that's it. You get Bavillier and Salo as a young player. I'm not giving you three young players. That's freaking insane. Jacob Chickren just not, I just don't think he's that damn good. I think. If if a team values him at the right spot, I trade him. No issue. I don't want to sell him on a discount. I don't want to sit right. I think right. We look at the value of what Anthony Bivoli has. I think this is the lowest his value's ever been. And I don't want to have a team say, okay, we're willing to take him, but at a cheap in price. So we're selling at a discount on an already, you know, worst season he's ever had as a player. I don't want to do that. That's that's one of those things that drives me nuts. And I hope the Islanders don't do that. That's um, that's why I say, if you can trade a Brock Nelson and get two firsts, that's when you do it because he's never going to have a better year than he's had this year, ever. Frank's saying, uh, yeah, this is the best podcast by far, but I watch all of them and some people are blind and don't want to see any truth. Well, thanks there, Frank. We appreciate it for certain. Um, I liked Laviolette. Why did we let him go? Because he was winning and he could get a better deal somewhere else. They Remember, back when Milbury uh, was the general manager and Charles Wong was the owner, they couldn't afford. They fired him. They fired him. I don't remember why they fired him. It seemed like we were pretty successful under him. Maybe they didn't make a playoffs one year. I forget. But he did a good job. I mean, he was hired because he was with the Providence Bruins, and they could get him on the cheap. And I thought he did a good job for us. He's a good. He's a good coach. He really mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. What was TJ? Do you have up what his record was his last year with the Islanders? Who is it again? I'm sorry. Peter Laviolette. I just, I just don't remember what it was. I know we fired him, and I remember at the time saying, gosh, why did we fire him? Maybe we didn't make the playoffs a year. That was a long time ago, though. I was about to say, I can't – long time. Let me pull this up here for us. Man, we're going back to the way back machine. Give me a back second. Back in the 90s. Man, look at that image. How long ago do you think that was taking a good old Peter Laviolette? A really long I, time I can, ago. I can tell by how, how the picture is, right? Pictures are freaking pristine these days. Um, the Islanders last year, he was there, went 35, 34, and 11. They didn't make the playoffs. Oh, they did. They no, got they beat. Did. They made the playoffs, but got beat the first round. Yeah, the first year. That was okay. Because I think he, okay. He was only here two years. God, I thought he was here longer than that. Hmm. I forgot he won the Stanley Cup with Carolina. I always forget oh, he was yeah. the coach there with that. Oh, yeah. Mm. He's uh, let me tell you something. Peter Lively, that's a good coach. Yeah, he, I think he went to the cup finals with Philadelphia, I think. And I think he went to the cup finals with um, Nashville as well, just a few years ago. No, mm. 
don't remember. He went, yeah, he went to the West, he went to the Western oh, okay, Conference, Western Conference Championship. So went to the Stanley yeah. Cup finals there in Nashville. Yep. That's right. When it was and and Philadelphia. Philadelphia's first. Year. Philadelphia went to the finals there. I remember that. I hated him then. Yeah, yeah he's a good coach. He's a good coach. Name. Yeah. I'll tell you. Absolutely, absolutely. Paulo C says Nelson or Pajot on most teams can be a second line center. Name me at least five second line setters in the league better than uh or in the league except that are top six teams in a league. Name me some. I, I'll have to pull them up. Not today. Think, Not I, I today, th- Paulo. It's almost three hours into the podcast. I think Nelson. I think Nelson's a guy who could be a second line center on some teams. I think Jean Gabriel Pajot on over half the teams is probably a guy who's a bottom six forward, not a guy who's a top six forward. Yeah, I'm and good, on the good teams, he's all likely because that's what we're looking for. We're looking to we're looking to be a playoff caliber team, so we're only looking at the top half of the teams in the league. I'm not saying oh, in Arizona he could be a top you know top uh, you know top two top or a number two center. I'm not looking for those teams. We want to compete for the cup. We're looking at hey, how do we compare against teams that are you know in the playoff picture? That'll be an off season thing we can do for certain. Yeah. And here's the thing: I know people think I bag on Nelson, and I do. But here's the thing: if his value is as high as it is right now. And someone offers you a king's ransom, I'd move him. I mean, yeah, Pajot could easily fill in that second spot, easily. Hmm. And you get some guy. Maybe you get some younger players to put into the system. Nashville win the Stanley Cup. Now, isn't it crazy to think how Nashville's performed this year? Yeah, I mean, good for them. I, I tell you, would, would it would it kill you if Nashville won a, a Stanley Cup? It wouldn't bother wouldn't me at all. Bother me. Here's the thing. We thought we thought that Nashville was in rebuild mode, didn't we? That was right. That's why they were going to get rid of Forsberg at the deadline. Oh, they're in probably in rebuild mode. I mean, like Nashville Predators. Who would have thought the Nashville Predators are going to play as well as they did this year? Philip Tomasino's doing pretty good with them in a limited role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he's got upwards of 30 points right now. Mm. And who says that Forsberg's not going to sign back? He wants to go back there. Drew L says here, has anybody noticed that Pajot's played with more motor in the last two weeks? Nope, just me. I know people say that maybe um, it has something to do with the fact that, hey, uh, you know, he's maybe been recovering from an injury and, you know, he's recovered from the injury. I'll be interested to see how it all looks, uh, you know, next year. I mean, the last few games don't make any indication on I'm not making any drastic changes on my thought process right i think you know for the year i think he's been underwhelming um whether that's injury and he turned it on late so is that maybe he fully recovered perhaps is that maybe he just turned it on like anders lee did towards the tail end? did he turn it on like you know certain like a josh bailey like a kyle palmary towards the end of the year could just be that so i don't know we'll have to see um get rob on the podcast he wouldn't last a minute no he was- uh, don't don't pick on rob you know hey he, he's got an opinion too we Rob just don't agree like with us, it. which is fine. It yeah. doesn't bother me. It's no skin off my teeth. Um, but it's yeah. skin off your nose. Ah, it's skin off my teeth. No. Um, funny how some of these Islander fans are. Uh, some love you. Some love to be. Uh, some love, or some, or some can't handle the truth. Um, it's true. And, and honestly, there's. I I talked. You know, when I went to my mom's funeral, I met somebody who he listens to Eyes on Isles podcast, and I'm like. I said, they're unlistenable to me. I said, you should listen to our show. I said, but you know, if you're one of those guys who believe everything is great in Islanderland, you shouldn't listen to us because we're not your cup of tea. Because we're not, <laughs> honestly. True. You know, some people like to think everything's great and a decade goes by and you don't make the playoffs or you, you know, make a round or two 
and you think that's great, and then you've wasted a decade of your life where if you would have listened to me, uh, we could would be winning Stanley Cups. How many goals did Everly get this year compared to last year? I don't know, but here's the thing. It doesn't matter. Bad teams have to have guys who score too, and Everly certainly falls into that bunch. He wouldn't have scored that money for us. Sorry. He's only got 18 goals this year. And yeah, I think he had 17 man. after like a month. Yeah, he's he's really cooled off. He's only got 40 points for them. I had no I problem. Like I said, I had no problem with losing him in the expansion draft. We need to get rid of salary. He's in his 30s. Let him go. He wasn't the answer. If a guy's not the answer, he's part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Goon Goon says here, uh, Grumpy, should I start taking tap dancing lessons? Yes, you should. <laughs> Tom B says Raquel, uh, Raquel is an unrestricted free agent. I thought he was restricted. Yeah. And then uh, DeFore is 21 years old next season. Yeah. I was thinking, here's the thing though. I had thought DeFore, right? Because of what I had read and what I'd saw numbers. What I don't watch any of the Bridgeport games. I thought, seriously, he was on the fast track to one more year in Bridgeport. That would be two full years. And he was so advanced already in his play that he would be competing for a spot this year, if not next year. And now I think, best case scenario, you're probably two, if not three years away. So you won't be seeing him until he's 23, 24 years old. I really thought he was way further ahead of schedule. I'm not saying he can't develop into a guy but i overestimated the hell out of them and i feel like i bought into the hype a bit that every okay every team the yankees used to do it all the time too every prospect was going to be every catching prospect was the next yogi berra jesus montero gary sanchez every single one of them every first base prospect was the next lou gehrig every outfield prospect was the name was the next uh mickey mantle shane spencer i remember they talking him like he's mickey mantle they even used frazier the they, list even, they even used Mickey Mantle in talking about Shane Spencer when he came up. He was super hot. I don't know what he played the last month of the season, and he was putting up tremendous numbers. I mean, do you know who Shane Spencer is, TJ? No. Exactly. That's my <laughs> point. But every team hypes up their prospects. And here's the thing. We don't watch enough Bridgeport games. That's why I like Jeremy. Uh, well, I like listening what anybody says about Bridgeport because I take yeah. everything and it's like I'm gathering data from a whole bunch of different people's experience because I don't watch any Bridgeport. I don't right. watch any Finnish Elite League. I only watch the Islanders. We don't have time. We don't have time, honestly. Yeah. So I mean, think you know, about but, it. We do three hours of podcasting when we go on and like when we could be watching other items. So we don't really, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, then we do, you know, TJ and Grumpfield, man, we podcast usually four, to, depending on the week, sometimes six or every day of the week. So those those weeks we can't watch any bridge cords, just not yeah. worth investing. But I'm I'm glad people give us that information. I yeah. am. And for me, once again, skating is the most important thing. When I think about, you know, Holmstrom, is you know, is he a good enough skater? DeFore, is he a good enough skater? Sallow seems like he's could be a good enough skater. He's not a great skater, at least not what I saw, but he's a good enough skater. Bull Duke, can he skate? These are most of oh, there you go. Here's skating. That's how he's saying here. DeFore has a, made a sizable improvement to skating uh, this season, by the way. And always the thing I, I worry about when guys are overage, because he's 20 now. And I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking, okay, is he, is he a guy who is 20 years old playing against 16-year-olds? And that's why he looks so fast. That's why he looks so dominant is because he's playing against kids. And he's, you know, an adult and a man. I just hope that's not the case. Because he has torn it up, right? He set the record for most points for his team ever. But I remember when David Quinville, Right, that's that's Joe Quinville's uh, nephew, David I, Quinville. He used to play for the Medicine Hat team or the Medicine Hats, and he put up you know crazy numbers as a defenseman. He set the record for most points as a defenseman for the Medicine Hat, and everybody's like, "Oh man!" But I'm like, he was like five foot five, and he he's EC, a career ECHLer. Where's Reese Newkirk? He's doing he, nothing. 
Well, you know, but see, that's a guy I wanted to see play. I wanted to see what he could do. They he, compared he him to Casey Zizekas. They compare him to Casey Zizekas. As a guy who can maybe top out of the bottom, bottom, bottom six guy. Well, if you get Casey Zizekas, there you go. You got another 15 years. I'm sure they did. Six give years. Him. Maybe we'll be calling up Reese Newkirk in no time maybe, at all. Reese, let me see. Reese Newkirk, he was the ex fifth round pick in 2019. Um, played 36 games for the ECHL, the um, the Railers, uh, 36 games, 28 points. He played, he's played 13 games for the Bridgeport Islanders, two points in that time period. You know, I'd like to so see him. Guy, he lights it up on the scoreboard. He's going to be a guy maybe who could be a bottom six guy. He's 21 they, years old. So they compare him with Casey Sezikis. I'm going to try to see what he can do. You need you need a few bottom six guys. Not a team full of them, but you need a, occasionally a few bottom six guys. How about this? Maybe they should have signed that Eric Howler guy who's playing for Boston. He only got a two-year deal, making less money than Casey Zekas. He's played all the way up to the second line this year for them. Frank saying, don't even say that, TJ, and jinx him into making that trade. Oh, good gracious. Um, can you guys bring on Nicole Sherman again before the draft? Uh, would be great to hear her input. Yeah, for certain. And what we'll do Remember, is... Remember, we'll- she only likes the blonde guys from Europe. Just well, I guess we're going to get a list on all the the attractive blonde blonde uh, blonde prospects. That's for certain. She does have an affinity for them. Mm, Absolutely, uh, Sebastian Z saying, "I'm an Islanders fan with all my heart, but uh, shouldn't be cheering for the Rangers in the playoffs." Oh, Ooh, but we'll no, be cheering. No. We'll be cheering the Rangers. No, no, we sh- shouldn't. We be cheering. Oh, I don't know why. Uh, no, we're not cheering for the Rangers. No, I don't know. No, 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 no. Now here's <laughs> the thing. No, yeah, okay, okay, there you go. I've just said no. Uh, Mr. Oh my God. Look at that. Mr. Trollage. Do you see what is, do you see what his logo is grumpy? It says Rangers. It says Rangers, but it's Islanders, but underneath it says Rangers. I know. Uh, Mr. Trollage says Mr. Oh, it's Mr. Trollage says, will you be live streaming the NHL draft? Yeah, we probably will. What's that? Um, June, July, June, right? We might do that on the, uh, the um, teaching the grumpy old man show though, or should we do it on this channel? I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll do it on one of the channels. We'll probably be live streaming it in sub capacity. So uh, as long as the honors don't go way off the board and we have an epileptic. Oh, just don't trade. Just don't trade that pick. Well, here's the thing. We may trade. If we do, I feel like we're going to trade that before the day of the draft. Oh, man. Could you imagine we go on a draft? We get ready. We got all the prep and research done. We've traded Ilya Sorokin, Noah Dobson, two first round (laughs) picks. For Jacob Chikrin. You also forgot Matt Matt Barzal thrown in there too. Oh, good gracious! Could you imagine though? We get all the way to pick fourteen, and for sitting at fourteen, he goes, "There's been a trade to announce." Dun, 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 dun. Okay. And and they don't tell okay. us what it is yet, okay. and we're just fuming, sitting and waiting to see what the pick is. And like by pick twenty, they come out and they see how badly we've been fleeced. I could see that. Okay, that is not that's ESPN. NFL I know. Draft. I like to do it like because I'm getting ready for the NFL draft. Girl. I remember. I remember watching on ESPN the 19, gosh, 99 draft, and I heard just before the draft that the Islanders traded Roberto Luongo and uh, Ole Jokinen to Florida for for Mark Parrish and Oleg Kavasha. and they picked Ricky DiPietro. I was like, holy shit! I couldn't believe it. And I, there was a website up, and I typed in, man, it's the worst trade ever. The team's going to own the tank. You sent it back, team, that 10 years. And they kept deleting my damn post. It was one of those glad-hander sites. And I'm like, what the heck's going on? Why? I know I entered. It was up there, and now it's gone. Because I never, I never post on anything. And I did because that pissed me off so much that they just kept pulling off. I'm like, 
These sons of bitches, they don't want to know the truth. And how did it set us back a decade? Absolutely. I've been spinning the truth for over 20 years. Grumpy, that was back when there was like dial-up internet, right? That's right. It was, it was, it was, it was 2001, wasn't he? Or 2000? 2001, 2000, whatever it was. It was Jeez. a long time ago. Two decades ago. Two yep. freaking decades ago. And it was, it was dial-up. And I mean, I look at this. I said they kept on deleting it. And of course, I didn't save it because, you know, I had to try to recreate the internet, whole thing. Internet culture, internet culture wasn't that much around that time period, too. It so when, when a team, if you, I assume, now were you up in New York at that time period, Grump? No. So you know what? I, I can only imagine Grumpy at that time period. You had no podcast to, to yell about the, the the terrible decision. You had no platform besides going on the internet. I assume the warden wasn't talking Islanders hockey with you, was she? Oh, she man. Islanders hockey talks Islander hockey with me. She doesn't uh, care. Gracious. She knows some of the players. She's like, "Why do they suck so bad?" I'm like, "Warden, please." And she just she just continues to oh man. Um, oh, uh, Empire Frank also saying here, uh, their fans disrespect Potvin, one of the alt or one of the all time greatest defensemen in the NHL history. Um, our history with a moronic chant, F the rags. Here's the thing I think Dennis Denny now looks at it as it's almost like, and joke. honestly, what it is, joke. It, it's not that it's a joke, it's they respect you. It's a tribute but, to how great he was, they still chant right. his name. You know, 40 years after he played. Yeah, because, hey, he checked Ulf Nielsen. He went into the boards funny. That's what happened. The Rangers thought they had a shot to win the cup. They didn't. And sorry, Ranger fans. That's just the way it goes. Denny Potvin, Hall of Famer. Greatest defenseman in Islander history. The greatest goal scorer in Islander history passed away. The greatest power forward in Islander history passed away. I mean, all this year. I mean, we're losing some great players, some great people, and it's just been a shame. But Denny Potvin, just tremendous, just tremendous. Hmm. I can't even – and for people who didn't see him play in his prime, you just – it was he was so good. He'd do anything. He was so good. Flumpy Scump says – Flumpy Scump's back and wants to say hi to Grumpy, not you, TJ. That's fine, Flumpy Scump. What's up? How are you? Uh, Toronto won three in a row. Not Edmonton. Okay, fair yeah, enough. Edmonton won five out of seven five years. Five out of seven. Three in a row. Okay, yeah. gotcha. I couldn't remember. I was about to say they won so many in a short time span. I couldn't remember. Alexander says, wow, can't believe you guys are still on. Just got home from the Marlins game with my kids. I uh, hope you guys are doing great. Thanks, Alexander. Absolutely are. And no to Ryan Strome. We need to bring in a Philip Forsberg for Max Pacioretty or a trade for Max. Oh, no. Ugh. Please no Max Pacioretty. He's in his 30s as well. I don't want guys in their 30s. Yeah. Absolutely not. No, thank you. Um, Toronto was the third best team uh, to win, or was the third team to win three straight cups in the 60s and 50s, I think. Um, they did it twice. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they were really good back then. Trumpet man, I was saying he was a big part of the building the Islanders back in the day. Oh, he was. He was. He absolutely was. Dirk C saying good morning. That's how you know it's late. Good morning, Dirk. Good morning, Dirk. Oh, man, it's about time. It's about it's about closing time. I, I, I don't know if Dirk realized, but uh, Barry Trotz threw some shade on Simon Holmstrom by saying that he's not a high-end prospect. 
He did. Max Power says, hey, fellas, I cannot for the life of me understand why the young guys like Wallstrom, Sallow, etc. are not playing or not getting playing time right now. Is this the equivalent of the preseason right now? So WTF, I think they don't want the, the young guys that are playing in Bridgeport. They don't want to they don't want to move them. They're in. I think they're in a play. They are right now in the last spot on their division in the playoffs for the AHL if, they, if things were to end today. So I don't think they want to mess that up. But I, I think you're right. The guys who are on the NHL roster that are young should be receiving minutes right now yes no doubt about it i think we're going to trade away our first round pick in the draft that's the reason dirk. why and that's the reason why we don't tank dirk 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 my stop. prediction is bailey wallstrom or bellows in a first round pick for jacob chicken bellows as much as i like bellows i'm willing to part with him not wallstrom alexander says do you guys see ratu as a first line winger or uh, or a center on the second line no and it seems like no scouts in the nhl do either they say they see him as a third-line center, a second-line winger. I don't know. Here's the thing. I don't watch any Finnish Elite League games, and it's tough to say I can watch a highlight and, and extrapolate what I saw on a small highlight or clip and say that's how he plays over an entire game. I couldn't tell you. I don't watch any Finnish Elite League games. I'll have to – when we have Will Scouching on this offseason, I will have to defer everything to him because I know that guy lives, breathes, and sleeps prospects. Um, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But uh, anyway, I know we've got comments here. We got more comments. Sorry, guys. Um, but here we are. We're towards the tail end of today's podcast. What do you want to say before we wrap things up today, Grumpy? I just want to say love and laughter to everyone who listens and even those who don't from TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning into the show. Sorry, we're able to get all the comments. It's around three hours, so we get, I'm getting a little tired. I'm ready to eat some dinner. Um, but thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you, Grumpy Old Man. As always, we will be live tomorrow on TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. That can be found in the link in the description below um, or as a featured channel on our YouTube page. If you're new here to the channel, we always invite you to leave a thumbs up. Let us know you like the content. Um, make sure you subscribe on YouTube, like on Facebook, and follow on Twitter. Until Saturday evening, hope you guys have a great time, great a great Thursday, a great Friday. We'll see you Saturday evening. Watch you see you Thursday on TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. Don't miss out. And thank you again, Grumpy. My pleasure.